youngest son, who's a four-star quarterback in Texas, decommitted from FAU and committed to Jacksonville State. All right. Got to go play with daddy. We are live. Another episode of Beer, Bacon, and Bros coming at you. Uh, going to recap some weekend sports. Of course, we've got some beers we're going to review. Uh, just casual conversation. See where it goes. Oh, we got a bacon topic. And we do have a food topic, so yes, we'll cover that. Um, as always, Chris and Adam are in here in the studio. What's going on, guys? Um, yeah, I guess we just get the show started. We want to talk about the wins or the loss. <laughs> what do we want to go with first? Let's go ahead and get the soy subject out of the way. Let's discuss the loss. All right. That if if you all know us. We're all Braves fans. We are all going to the, the, the loss of game seven to the Dodgers. Yeah, we are all we're all good Braves fans. Um watch game seven, very disappointing, especially after you were up three one in the series to lose and, three straight games to well, close not it only, out. Not only that, in those three games, we took the lead in what, two out of the three in the first two or three innings? Yep. Yeah. If not all three, we took the lead early, right? Yeah. They took the lead early in game six. But yeah. Yeah. I mean So either way. You're you're in every single one of those games though. I mean that's we were right there. We were right there. Yeah, that's what's the more frustrating part. It was a a hit here there would have would have saved us. A hit here in the later innings. Yes, very much so. All we need is hit certain hits, just timely hitting, timely hitting. That's all we needed. Um, but yeah, the Dodgers are moving on, going to face the Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series. The Dodgers are in their third World Series after the past four years. I hope they don't win it. <laughs> they're starting to become the Yankees of the uh, NL. They are, yeah. They it's, really are. it's getting more. I think it's got to be more frustrating for them to be there almost for four years in a row and not only win have, it, and only have what one or none. No, they have none in the four years. Yeah, not this, recently. This is, this is their fourth year. Their last championship was in 1988. Yeah, so they have none of this decade. Yeah, yeah. It's but I'm they okay, really and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay yeah. with that. And I hope I'm okay. I hope, it. I hope it stays that way. To be honest, something but about the Dodgers. Say, I'm, like I'm it, gonna I'm gonna become a Rays fan for the next. Something about that whole team just really aggravated me last night. I don't know why. I think it might just be because I was losing as was a Braves the, fan. Was it the Bellinger home run? Is that what aggravated you? I just feel like the way they handled themselves and their demeanor just really like just put a sour taste. Yeah, in I don't know why. They just bother me. The Dodgers and their fans bother me too. Like one friend I know that's on Facebook that was a Dodgers fan. He was quiet all series. Did not hear a word from him. Nothing. The moment they finally won the series, shit talking galore. And I was like, hey, man, like, yeah, you won the series, but don't just come swinging after game seven. Like, either be there for the whole series or not. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a little more mature of him to be quiet and, you know, not be so arrogant when his team is down 2-0 and, and, and you yeah, know, but talking. At least, but, but don't be I going mean, from, like, radio silence to all of a sudden full-blown shit-talking mode. Like, yeah, find the sweet medium. Yeah. I mean – Again, you were you were you were down three one two zero and then three one to a team that everybody was writing off, saying you're going to beat in five games. So, you know, you probably shouldn't feel that great about it. It's kind of like, you know, as a, as a Miami Heat fan, that I've suffered back to back of these, you know, disappointing not championships. You know, when you get into this the NBA Finals and the Lakers fans and everybody that are professional NBA people are like, oh, they're going to sweep Miami, they're going to sweep Miami, and then all of a sudden. You know, you do win two games, and everybody's like, "Oh, we beat you!" It's like, yeah, we weren't even supposed to be there, bro. Like, <laughs> why don't you relax? Yeah, I mean, 
We also got to give it credit to the freaking Astros, man. The run that they had in the postseason. We, I know they're all cheaters. No one wants like wants to like the cheaters, but to be down 3-0 and force a game seven, yeah. that's, that's – I mean, the, the Red Sox did it, but still, that's a hell of a feat for that team. Yeah, in a especially in a, since they're not cheating no more. Exactly. I mean, they could they literally couldn't cheat. They weren't playing at home. Yeah. So I mean, that's that is kind of big stuff to be honest with you. I mean, they that I mean, that's what we talked about what two or three episodes ago. That they have to win for everybody to leave them alone for being yeah. cheaters. Yeah. 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 I mean, you have all, to show that you can still do it without even though that's gonna be a mark on their name for years to come. Oh yeah. So Oh yeah, that mark's not going away. That's gonna be the organization's downfall for Probably until they win another one, maybe. I don't know. Probably at least for the next 20 years. Yeah. And then everyone's just going to keep talking about it. But, I mean, if, if you're a Braves fan, like when I woke up this morning, obviously I was disappointed, you know, sad, frustrated, the whole nine yards. But, like, when you sit back and you look at this roster and you go, okay, you got 21-year-old Pache, you got 22-year-old Acuna, 23-year-old Riley, Dansby Swanson's and 27. If I'm not mistaken, too, I think – I think only one of the pitchers was on the starting roster on opening day. Max yes, Max yeah. Freed was the was, only starter for, that still was in the, the, whole rotation in the five-man rotation. Yeah. yeah, That made the whole season. I mean, our, our rotation next year, and I'm, I'm I'm stretching a little bit with with saying that we you know we will or could potentially sign Trevor Bauer. I, I think we have enough. I see the cap space. I did the numbers last night. We have the cap space to sign a ace-caliber pitcher in this all season while also re-signing Ozuna. So it, yeah. it it can be done. Certain things have to happen. Well, like you know, Cole Hamill's walking away is going to help out. Um, if Marquez leaves or just retires, that's going to free up space too. Like certain things are going to have to fall into place. It's going to matter the amount the of money. The Braves are in a very good spot to make a run again next year if they just don't yeah, fuck it up yeah, like the Braves normally do. Just we're going to have a better chance at a better or a real chance at a title run next year, barring no injuries. Your your staff could literally be Trevor Bauer, Mike Soroka, Max Fried, Ian Anderson. And you know Bryce what, Wilson. So what I, you want to what I also I also yeah, saw it last night, like watching the game, but I didn't want to say it during the game because you know baseball is a very superstitious sport. So you like you just if you see something, you just kind of keep your mouth shut, like just let it happen, or it goes the other way. Um, it seemed like the pitching staff, you know, being what 23, 22, 20, like just you Young know guys. all like most of them below twenty six. Oh, excuse me. It seemed like a lot of them were. You could see the disheartening coming about. You could see them losing. That, that momentum, com- that, that drive. Confidence. And it's like, if we retain these guys and they come back next year, I feel like that's not going to be an issue because they have been there now. Yeah. They've experienced that. They've felt the heartbreak. It's not going to be something new to them. Like most of those guys, you know, furthest they've ever made it and the biggest heartbreak they've probably had in their entire life when it comes to Major League Baseball. Because, I mean, I mean, look at Pache. Came out of nowhere. And it's just like he goes through all that suffering. Ian Anderson is going through all that. Like it's just, yeah. I don't know. I feel like, they, they, I feel I like mean, the way they got to look at it is there's only the only way to go is up from here. Yeah, yeah, good. And you had a lot of those Dodgers players though that have seen that stage now multiple times. So yeah, they knew how to. I like you're saying the pressure's it. not really there. They knew them. how to handle themselves yeah. a little bit better. But uh, who was it? Um, who's third with Justin Turner? Justin Turner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Either way. He's been on – they threw out, a, I don't know, I guess stat, whatever you want to consider it, a little tidbit on him. But he's been on this stage ever since college. Three out of the four years he was at college with Cal State Fulton, went to the College World Series. 
And now with the with the Dodgers, been three years with them, four years with them to the MLB World, World Series. Series. So I mean, now he's been he he's had that pressure, yeah, since being in college. At, and most of those guys are veterans. I mean, hell, look at Mookie Betts. Yeah, that's a veteran, a veteran, veteran presence in the locker room in the dugout. Yeah, that's he, a literal champion. He, yeah, he saved. He made. He saved only. He saved what, what, three. What, I think in the whole series, three home yeah. runs he robbed. No, well, well, I'm, two home runs and then the one at the wall, at the top of the wall, he robbed. Well, Freddie's would have been a homer. Azuna's would have hit off the wall. Yeah, Azuna's the one I'm talking about where it wasn't the third one. Yeah. But, yeah. And then there was another one he actually did. He robbed two of them. It was Dansby's. Yeah, yeah uh, he robbed Dansby, yep. On yeah. that little dink fly that should have came, you know, should have dropped. And then he threw out Azuna. <laughs> yeah. Because Azuna left early. So, so I mean, yeah. he, he himself saved four or five runs this series. Yeah, that's huge. It's a huge performance from an outfielder. And then the momentum shift that comes from that alone. Yeah. The... As soon as he robbed Freddie's home run, I think that's where momentum shifted. And you know what? I did notice, like, if you watch game one and two of the Braves-Dodgers series, you heard the same thing over and over again about the Braves' uh, dugout, was they were loose. They were having fun. They were literally just, like, you know, not goofing off to say it was, like, but demeaning like, to the game. But, but like they were happy-go-lucky kind yeah, of. Yeah, happy-go-lucky, excited and all like that. It wasn't there for game seven. I feel like game seven, they tried to, like, the pressure definitely got some in the game face got a little too much for him, in my opinion. Yeah. I I just, I, it was a tale of two tapes when it came to games one through four, and then games five, six, and seven. Oh, yeah. Because it just, it got, it, it's like we just lost who we were. Yeah. We lost that kind of, we, we lost that kind of spirit that they had, like you're saying, in those first four games. They kind of were like, all right, all right. We, they tried to like focus too much and try to, Instead of let things just kind of happen, they try to force things. I think. Yeah. And so they were, just like any athlete, when you start getting down or you kind of you try, all right, all right, I gotta overthink. You know, instead of simplifying things and not overthink, you you are trying to get to the basics. But by overthinking it, you almost like you jinx and, yourself. Like I know for me, like playing tennis, like it's easy to just hit a forehand, you know, as you're going. But after you miss a couple, you're like, all right, focus. And you you tighten up. You shorten your swing. You de deaccelerate. You go back to the fundamentals. You try to get there, yeah. but as you overthink it, you're like, don't hit it too hard. And then you tighten up, and then you deaccelerate, and then you still miss it. And you're like, well, I did what I was – You hear it all the time, doing baseball for, like, pitching. Relax. is like, you know, just like, relax. when you're growing up, going through, like, coaches pitch, minors, and then, like, the actual high school leagues and stuff like that. You always hear the pitching coach say the same thing to the young kids. Don't think about it. Just throw the pitch. Yeah, don't aim it. Throw it. Yeah. Look where you're throwing it, and that's, all you, that's the only thinking you need to do is just look at the catcher. Yeah. I mean, can you – Can you? I mean, this is what I was telling Keith last night. You got to look at our team and, and still be just kind of amazed at how we what were would, in these close I was, games. I was bummed on. for like three hours, went to sleep, woke up, was bummed for like two hours. And after that, I was like, they did so much more than anyone could have ever asked for. Oh, yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. And what I think really sparked that was the Atlanta Braves shared the picture of, like, the stadium, the truest part, and they are like, thank you. And then one of my friends, like, shared it. And he's actually kind of, like, into a sports broadcasting, like, kind of junior career. And he wrote, like, a little summary about, like, all the things that the Braves had to overcome. And I was like, well, I'm extremely happy with this season. Yeah. So the way things turned out, we couldn't ask. Well, just, just think about the fact that we lost game seven by one. Right, so in a seven-game series, we we got up on the Dodgers and then lost to the Dodgers, but we lost Game Six by two runs and we lost Game Seven by one runs. So you're in these close games, 
with Acuna batting 190 for the entire series and having literally one double as the and only Darno was like three for 15 or something like Darno that. Darno batted 186, no extra base hits at all. Right. So two guys that had been producing for us on a consistent basis. And, and both, of, both is, of them were killing in the DS the series before. And also oh, yeah. in the bats, just literally the flip of a switch, they went cold. I mean, Acuna is literally regarded as probably our second best player. I mean, Acuna is is a better overall player than Marcelo Zuno. Marcelo yes. Zuno is obviously having a great season. You know, hitting wise, yeah. hitting wise, and, and but producing. is he? Is he, he was out strictly out DH. He was just strictly well. He played some outfield initially, but um, we had we had people that could field better than him. We thought so. We just yeah. threw him at DH. And it's not yeah. a knock on him. It's just the fact that our yeah. inf- we our fielding was where we wanted to be. So why yeah. why risk changing it up? Well, I mean, he's he's if he stays with Atlanta, it's going to be strictly in a DH role. His his fielding has gone down over the years, but I mean, he he's. I really I, hope they sign him again. But that's fine. When you have Austin Riley, you have Acuna, we have Mache now. Mache, yeah, throwing, Drew, showing you know, he can Drew be Waters, Adam Duvall. I mean, we we got plenty of guys that can yeah. play the outfield. Ender Enciarte will probably, whether we like it or not, is probably still going to come back next year because he is under contract, and he, you know what, he might play center field or he might be a backup outfielder if Duvall's going to play left and, and Pache is going to play center. So, uh, but I mean, that just the, the fact that we, we lost have, that series in two close games in six and seven. I we, mean, the fact that we almost won that series with Acuna literally not hitting a homer. I yeah, mean, the leadoff man, the first, the first guy in the order, just 190. Yeah. That makes no sense. Your, your four hole hitter, 186. Let's so. talk, let's talk about also me and Chris talked about the other night that for the Braves lineup, you've got like as Chris said, arguably the second best hitter on the team, and you can put him at number one on the lineup because you have Ooh. that many other hitters that can follow behind him. Well, yeah. not only that, but I mean you, he just provides that pop at the top of the lineup that you have. No, he's he's made a name for himself being the you know the, the leadoff the leadoff homer, homer guy. Like he, he, he has you, a you can't pitch around like he now gives you what? Well, let me rephrase that. He has now provided you a presence to where, like, I might have to pitch around him, and he's the like I might have to concede first base at the first. I might have to intentionally walk the first batter of the game, yeah, Yeah. and like give you a. And then even then, the guy that's following up, he's not someone you can just throw throw at either. You got to think about throwing him. He's a National League MVP. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) in the two in the two hole. (laughs) I say you. The guy on deck is an MVP, and the guy on on, actually hit the plate is known for hitting homers in the first pitch of the game. And then third round led the league in homers. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, and RBI. So, I mean, the the it was a really really strong lineup. Uh, Azuna's going to get his money. I, I have a really good feeling that he's proven just so much. And like I said, there's just a difference. There's a difference between him and Josh Donaldson. Yeah, the Donaldson in, last year was in the spot the, that the injuries with Donaldson, Donaldson, the uh, the age of Donaldson, and then the mix of like I just feel like uh, in Azuna, the dugout, this exactly. is a major presence exactly. in the dugout. I just feel like Azuna fits in better with this group, and it thir- he'll be thirty years old. You give him a four year deal, hundred hundred million dollars, four year, hundred million dollars. I think you because he also he blends in so well with, with all these and Acuna uh, because they're all the Caribbean boys. They are yeah. the Caribbean boys. Yeah, <laughs> they but, are. But he, but yeah, he gets in on the. On whenever the you see, engine. whenever you look at the dugout, and if if no, if all three of them are in the dugout, they're all right beside each other, just cutting up, blowing having out. fun. Yeah, blowing just out throwing out in the dugout, jerk chicken. Just okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I mean, yeah, it, you got to feel good about it, especially the the. I mean, the keys to this all season are going to be one: let's not even throw money at Cole Hamels or, or Felix Hernandez. Let both of them walk. Let's get our nineteen million dollars back for those two. Let, I mean, truth be told, I really would like to see Nick Markakis retire. 
And then the big, the other big thing that's going to be the key to the money is Mark Melanson's contract. $19 million this past year. His contract yeah, we runs could just up. Lower it, just lower it. Just lower it. Just get him at 6 or $7 million and, and take a $12 million bump to either, again, help Azuna. Uh, you, you do have to actually sign Freddie Freeman. I mean, he's not a, he's not a free agent this offseason, but he will become a free agent after the 2021 season. Yeah. So, so but what do you think? An extension would not be a bad thing to do here. I think, I think they give him a big, long extension, too. Like I, I think it's an I think it's an like eight a, year deal. I was to say like an eight to ten year deal. Yeah. Kind of like, a, hey buddy, you're here to retirement kind of thing. It's kind of the Chipper Jones thing. It's the listen, we're gonna we're gonna keep you through retirement. Like we're yeah. gonna we're gonna make this deal so long you will retire brave. Yeah, we want and, we want you to stay as a brave. Yeah. The tough part is gonna be that he's actually as he comes off this contract, he did a great job of getting getting himself where he was making like fifteen sixteen million dollars a year. Now when he's gonna come off this contract next year, he's gonna have probably won an, an NL MVP. He's going to have four gold gloves. He's going to be a multiple-time all-star. He's going to be in the prime of his career where he's you know, actually hitting 30 homers a year and driving in 120 guys while batting over 300. So he's going to get a, he's going to get a large deal. So Big money from Atlanta coming his way. Yeah, so, I mean. And, and then, I, mean, I wouldn't be mad at it as long as it doesn't hinder our ability to go out and get an ace. And see, I think the big thing. Not even really an ace. I mean, like, we've got to keep Anderson. Got to keep free. Got to keep them happy where they're at. Don't trade them. And then get them a third guy, well, an Soroka, really good third guy. I mean, Soroka is the third guy. Soroka is the best pitcher of the. Well, three. yeah, sure. He's if he, when he comes if he comes yeah, back he healthy, comes, yeah, when he actually comes, at hundred percent yeah. when he comes back healthy. And that's another key, that's another key to our season, though. Well, the, no, you never know if somebody's going to come back hundred percent. But he's coming I mean, back. He'll, he'll he's coming okay. back. He's he'll coming okay. back. It's not he'll be okay. if he comes back. It's when he comes. back. Well, he's also well. twenty two, so I'm yeah. pretty sure he's got he's got time to get back. That's the other reason why I think we actually make the money to spend the money on a on a really great kind of ace caliber pitcher. That gives because, us four straight good guys. Well, the other thing is Soroka actually probably won't join us again until August. I mean, an Achilles injury. I'm not. I'm not a medical expert. I'm not quite sure how long an Achilles. When did he? Takes when did he hurt it again? In August. So I'm. I'm I would it's say probably. A year. I would say like. I think around nine months for that. I say, yeah, yeah. But depending nine, on how well, how bad was it? Like he actually just tore his yep, Achilles. Yep. Could had to be carried off the field. Yeah, I think it's six to nine months, like Ellie just said in the chat. Yeah. I thought six was a little bit generous, but I think nine is going to be about the average. Okay, so you're yeah. still you're still talking June. Yeah. So, I mean that's he's that's mi- early in the season. Though. He's missing half a season. He's missing April, May, and and whenever he comes back in June. So yeah, and like like she just said in the chat, it is very very much like how your body heals. Yeah. Well, so so either way, say he's out he's out half a season next year, and just say he's back in July, and you get him July, August, September. Yeah, I mean, and that's then fine. to make you make you play off. But again, you don't want you don't want to you know say you don't want to come out here and say okay you know we're going to be different when Soroka comes back because you don't know how he's going to pitch this year just like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, why I think yeah. it's still important. To Same thing get. with like Fulty. Like we th- he was decent last year, came back this year, and I I really do believe kind of like looking Drop into it, it, and I feel like I might be looking at too much. Is Trevor Bauer's tweet about rooting on the Braves for old time six? He grew up a Braves yeah, fan. Boy. He made a homemade tomahawk that he made. His, he had it with like he still has it from when he was a kid with his dad that he made it. Like I feel like that kind of might be his little way, like sh- shooting his shot to AA. Like, hey baby, take a look at it. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey man, did you, did you see his tweet about lowering his? He he lowered his. Um, or sorry, no he he wanted to make it clear um, that he's can. Or what was it? Oh. He was he lowered his decision choice uh, to thirty teams out of thirty two out of thirty. There's <laughs> thirty MLB teams. Uh, <laughs> um, any team that's twenty nine out of thirty teams can make me an offer, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it, I, I think I'd be curious would, which one it would be with the one. <laughs> and I, I, I really I mean, do hope. He, like, does he want out of uh, Cincinnati? No, I mean he doesn't want out of Cincinnati. But but he's in a scenario where he wants to get paid. He knows he can get these paid. are the he last two worth. Yeah, well, he knows these are the last the, his last two years in Cincinnati. He can see the end of years. his prime. He can see the end of his prime. He can see the money. He sees yeah. the deal that he can get right now for the way he's performed in the last two years. And I don't blame him. I mean, the guys, the guys. Listen, the guys at thirty years old now or twenty nine years old, talented. Um, and I really do think that like if he came in. Trevor Bauer has made it known that he's like, you know, if you're up by 11 runs and you hit a grand slam off me, celebrate. That's fine. Yeah, he's he, like, he doesn't care. And I feel like that would go well with this with, clubhouse, with, Ooh, with all yeah. these in Azuna and Acuna, the Kuna Matata brothers. I feel like that could actually like mesh with that personality really well. And the way this, that, that whole, the whole dugout just seems like they're very much more of an exciting team when it comes to that stuff. Like, you know, um, Acuna literally stands on the dugout with one foot on the bench and one foot on the railing so he can do his little 10-foot jump in the air anytime something big happens. Like, yeah. I feel like that would mesh well with the clubhouse. Yeah, he, I think Trevor would fit in well with the guys, actually. I, I agree with that. All right, so let's talk about let's talk about the actual World Series. Let's talk about something else. Let's get a little variety Dod in this topic. Dodgers and six. Dodgers and six. I yeah. say I'm going to be a Lays fan for the next week. Oh, See, listen! I'm, I'm, if the if the if the Dodgers win it, it goes with like what I said. Anybody that beats the Dodgers is going to win the World Series. No one's beaten the Dodgers yet. If the Rays beat them, they obviously win the World Series. Um, but I do think the Dodgers are the team to beat. Hopefully the Rays do it. If the Dodgers win the World Series, I'm going to be kind of upset about the Braves because I feel like if the Braves would won that, in my mind, I would be like, oh, we could beat the Dodgers. We can. Beat we could have won the World Series. Yeah, we know? could beat the Rays. But I do think the Dodgers are carrying a lot of momentum. Mm -hmm. And they've well, shown so they're a momentum team. That's You know, well, when, they, so when they scored those last runs in game, game four, in the ninth inning, that almost almost blew the game for us. Yeah. Game five, they drop eleven in the first inning. That's momentum right there from one day to the next. Yep. Yep. Well, same thing. Well, I think Tampa Bay's coming in. I understand that they they struggled there in the last two or three games here, but they have one of the hottest hitters, and I don't even know how to exact. How do you say his name? Order Randy Arozarena. Arozarena, one of the hottest hitters right now. Yeah, seven. Home run. Oh, ring around the rosy right there is running some bases. Yeah, yeah, he, he's jogging them. He ain't got to run. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, just, he's just trotting. He's, he's trotting. Yeah, but, but one of the hottest hitters right now just exploded in that in the ALCS. Well, I'll give I'll give you the key to the World Series. The the real key to the World Series scoring more runs. Well, obviously, but but the the whole this is a, you can tell exactly how this series is going to go by Tyler Glasnow, um, Charlie Morton, Morton, and Blake Snell. If if when the when the Rays throw those three guys, they have to win those games because they're kind of like the Braves in that sense that when they get to four and five, they have nobody. Yeah, they have nobody that gives them. I mean, Ryan Yarborough and Julio Horan or they're going to end up doing like what we did. Like there's going to be like a bullpen game. Well, they have guys that are starters that will. I mean, it's either they come out and they throw four really good innings and you get pulled, or they're getting pulled in the first in a Kyle Wright style where you're giving up seven earned runs. So. Yeah. Um, that's that is the key for Tampa is you win you need to win at least two of those three games in the front three and then you need to win two two or three of the games in the back three. So, I mean you you gotta that's that's their key to the part and it's just, I mean the Dodgers are kind of in the same scenario. Truth be told, I mean it's really kind of Walker Bueller and and well I mean Julio Reyes looked really good in Game Seven, but yeah, 
Um, it's kind of Walker Buehler and Clayton Kershaw for them. But, yeah, and that's the thing. Game one. I don't know, man. Clayton Kershaw's got an act for not performing in October. Exactly. He started game one Tuesday night against Tyler Glasnow. And the big reason why the Rays have a real chance at it is those three pitchers that I just mentioned, all big-time strikeout guys. They love to drop, like, 12 strikeouts across six innings kind of thing. And the Dodgers are a strikeout team. So yeah, well, We didn't see it. <laughs> We they, didn't see it. They struck out plenty of times. Yeah, but I just feel like they weren't giving away swings. Let me put it that way. You no. had, you had to throw it in the strike zone. And they see, weren't going to swing it junk. I've always been a big proponent of like small ball wins games. Um, you know, like guy on first base, no outs. Just hit the ball to move him over. Don't hit it in the infield. If you are, it better be a bunt, like a sack bunt kind of thing. Like small ball, move people over. Batting, I feel like the Braves struggled on this so much. I want you to see at least four pitches as a batter. That's the kind of ideal bat for me. Yeah. You want that pitcher to throw baseball at you. We talked about Alex and I talked about in game five, six, and seven, and, I, and we watched. Actually, do we watch saw, all three of those games together? We might have watched all three. I watched Azuna and Dono swing it. First pitch, fastballs, and fly out. First pitch, fastball. No, but the first two pitches, unless they were clear as day balls, they were swinging. If mm-hmm. it was close, yeah. They were swinging. You got to take, as Chris would say, competitive strikes. Like, yeah. you got to make it sure it's like you're you're making the pitcher work for it. You're not just handing him a free strike. Yeah. Yep. And and we had innings. What I was going to say in those three games that I talked about with Alex, we had lazy innings where we went up there and in five pitches we swung it the first pitch or the second pitch and we flew out. And I mean that's just it was what it was. And, Quick innings. And we, exactly. Three up, three down, and less we, than twelve pitches. We, for the whole get, we gave away three outs right there, yeah. and I, that's what I don't like. And that's I feel like, I feel like the, the Rays or the Dodgers. That's going to be the key to the success. Is that taking a lot of pitches and then making sure your your starters on the mound can get it done when you need them to get it done. You're having actual competitive at bats. That's yeah. yeah. That's what it matters. So, um, well, well, all right, hold on, everybody. You gave yours what Dodgers and. Dodgers and six. And what'd you say? Give me the ways. Give me right. the ways in seven. You don't want to go raise in four? No. Not a sweep. <laughs> right. yeah, not going to sweep them. Ways in seven. Oh, I'd love Raise in seven. Ways in seven. I would, I, would, I would love to see nothing more than two of the three cha- or the three professional teams in Tampa bring home trophies to Tampa. That would be kind of wild. I'm going to go on a limb here just because, like, the way I feel like my internal feelings are about sporting events when situations like this happen, you know, like the team that beats you moves on to the championship. It's just kind of like my gut feeling. I'm going to say Dodgers and five. And it's going to make me mad as a Braves fan. I'm going to be like, well, damn. The Rays didn't even put up a fight. Dodgers and five. All right. All right. All right. Uh, I really do just hope for like a game. I'll hope for seven games. I want it to be a competitive series. Absolutely. I'll also, be, I also really want fun. each game to be decided by less than three runs. I want it to be like in the ninth inning, the team that's losing still feels like they oh. can make a comeback. Well, not only that, see, and I think – Because those are some of the best games to watch. And I think even in hours, like um, – Hell, some zero-to-zero games would be great like the, the Braves had because those the, are so so like anxiety-ridden. What was it? The Matt Muncy score? Where he's, was that who it was? That it slid into Darno at, at home. Yeah, me and Chris got yeah, mad yeah. about that one. Well, I mean, it was on the money. The pitch kind of took him in the line, but if you look from the if you're looking at home plate down the third base, Chris me saw one TV angle like that. Muncie was in the grass and then came back in to Darno. He could have easily went around him. That's when me and Chris got a little aggravated. That angle showed 
he looked at Travis and was like sliding that way. Yeah. Well, his his thing, and I mean, half what step half a step later, not a play. If he's half a step back, that ball's on him. Oh yeah, and Darno has a play. Like, think, but I that's like- how bang bang that ball. Darno reaching out and Matt Muncy actually hitting him. Well, then there was the other one where wasn't it Bellinger where he slid, he dropped on Bell? No, it wasn't Bellinger. No, it was Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor, yeah, he dropped on Chris Taylor's arm as he was coming to slide. But Travis did it perfectly. He was in front of the plate, caught the ball, and then was dove moving, down yeah. and mo- like it. So yeah, I could, I could, pa- he blocked I don't the think it was left knee. I, maybe in Muncy's mind, he was like, "This is revenge for the Taylor tag." No, that was the Taylor tag was behind the Muncy tag, and I think in Darno, was it? I think in Darno's mind, that's what it was. He was, so was the other way around. Darno was, was like, revenge for Darno's like, I'm breaking this fucker's wrist. wrist. Like, yeah, I'm <laughs> dropping this because he but, dropped his shin guards right on his sliding. But wrist. But I mean, no, it was no, he blocked the plate with that left knee. Oh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, he perfectly made that man's hand stand right where it was. And the announcers <laughs> even talked about it, like uh, John Smoltz and um, was Buck was Buck on the call for this one? I don't Joe think Buck. Joe was. In I don't game think he seven, was, but but Smoltz and the other guy was actually talking about that. They broke it down. They're like, you know, Darno actually did a clean block on this one that fits the rules of the current day. They're like he waited till he got the ball, then made his move. Yeah, I think it was all in kind of one motion as he was catching. He was sl- oh, he put that knee down and was sliding over. Yeah. All right. Well. I think that's enough baseball talk. We kind of went yeah. on a little tangent there. We got the first beer for the night, and all right. So this is a this is a. I got two beers. One's in the cooler in the in the sleeve over here on on the chair. These are these are what I expect to be the two highest rated beers out of this six pack that we brought in. Um, this one, a Oktoberfest from Birds Fly South Ale Project in Greenville. Um, one of my personal favorite breweries in the Greenville area. So I, I do think this one's going to end up being a good beer. Then the other one. A pretty high favorite brewery of y'all of you and Callie's from Noda. We have a pumpkin ale coming from Noda. So okay, two October style beers that are, could be pretty highly rated. All right, well let's crack it open and let's get after it. This German lager better not be the same way as the last German rattler or whatever you brought us. Is it a German lager? It's Oktoberfest. Uh, no, no, that, German, that looks very Germany. It does. It's supposed to. It's an Oktoberfest. No, no, the ger- the German rattler we had was good. That. Oh, so alcohol content on it. Uh, the uh, German Ooh. Uncle Sam yeah, yeah, thing yeah. that we had going the, the German, on. No, I'm talking about the, the lemon shandy that had only 2% alcohol in it. And I was like, oh, the come Radler, on. The Radler, uh, yeah, the Rattler, yeah. It was it was good, though. The sucker comes in at 5.8 right here, though. This one does? Yeah. Okay, good. Good. I was actually giving you a little, it gives you a little meter scale of like one to zero to five of the crispy, malt, and dry. It's a pretty cool looking beer can. It is a pretty cool looking beer can. All right, Chris, give us your flavor profile while I take my first sip. What'd you get out of it? Um,. I don't know some seasonal cloves. I mean, it's it's yeah yeah. That's what I. It's got like a little spice to it. It's a weird beer, yeah. It's definitely a fall beer. Like it's it's definitely. I feel like I feel colored leaves falling over a pumpkin right now. Drinking that beer, kind of feel. Oktoberfest from Birds Fly South. Yeah. It's a. I don't know. I'm gonna need more sips on that before I make a decision. I, I, it's it's not a bad beer. I don't know that it's. There quite, you go, Adam. I don't know that it's quite what I'm what I expected out of it. I guess is probably what I'm looking to say. It's not my style. Yeah, it's a very seasonal taste. Without without doubt, it's it's a very seasonal taste. Adam just busy watching the Dallas Cowboys lose. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Good I, lord, Illy. I'm sorry. Ze- uh, Zeke has two fumbles currently on the night. Mm, mm, that's tough. Of course he does. Both mm. I think have now led to. 
to Arizona touchdowns. Good thing I took Arizona's defense and DraftKings. Good Lord. Illy, I'm sorry that your team sucks. It's going to get – actually, I lied to you. It ain't going to get better. I was looking I at the do, Steelers. I, I lied. I also have the Arizona defense playing tonight. <laughs> hey, we, we end the money, baby. We end, we end the money thanks to hey. Arizona's defense and Kyler Murray. There you go. You could you could win that. I could win that if DeAndre Hopkins catches a touchdown. If D Hop catches a touchdown, that's a hundred bucks. So. All right, Adam, what are you feeling about this beer, man? He, he don't really know either. <laughs> He's this is it's very on the fence for me. Like it's really on the fence. I don't. I can't figure out which way I want to go with it. It's not. Terrible. It's not a bad beer. No, it's not. It's, it fits the the Oktoberfest vibe. Exactly. It's a. It's a very. It's a. True it, blue Oktoberfest beer, in my opinion. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't hit too hard, not too heavy, but is very fall like. And like like Chris is saying, like this is a very they have a uh I could I could imagine you, you know, you sitting outside in the mountains as the leaves are changing, drinking this. This is what you this is what you're drinking. You we really need to go to Birds Fly South together one day because they have an IPA. It's called it's like Galaxy Something. And it's it's like really dark and looks like it has like colored uh, glitter in it. it. It's got that galaxy star kind of Milky Way, you know, whatever. I don't know how to describe it, really. I, like I, I hope, you, saying. hope that you kind of get what I'm saying. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you would kind of like it. It's a pretty it's a pretty cool looking beer, at least. But how bad are they losing? 14, nothing, 14, nothing. OK, All right, Arizona got the ball. No, not yet. All right, I need them to throw it to D-Hop. So. so this is what this is what happened. Our first four drives went three plays, three plays, <coughs> six plays, two plays. I mean, you you do understand, like you do understand how bad your team is this year, right? Illy, I hope you're listening. They're not great. They they need some help. It's going it's gonna be a bad year. Yeah, probably. I, mean, I just want to beat Washington. It'd be kind of great if you. If you if you didn't beat Washington, no, 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 it would not. Oh, you beat the Giants twice. You're probably gonna beat Philly. Hell, Philly ain't got nobody healthy left on the damn roster. Neither do we. Carson Wentz playing wide receiver Hell, at this point. Did let Jalen Hurts play quarterback. The entire line is made up of the backup long snapper and the <laughs> scout team punter now. <laughs> I mean, I I feel I the feel only, the only one still still on the line. I think that started is Connor Williams. I know you hate Philly, but I actually like I actually feel bad for the Eagles. Because I they know. haven't they haven't had their three their top three receivers all year long. All three of them have been hurt the whole damn time. Now they lose Zach Ertz. Or they, sorry, they lost Dallas Goddard like week two, who was their number two receiver as a tight end. Then they now they lose Zach Ertz, who was ba- literally their number one receiver at tight end and just in general number one receiver. And then they lose Miles Sanders, who was running back and number two receiver basically. So I mean they have lost literally. Oh wait, so. Wait, All Miles, of their Miles Sanders is out now. Miles too? Sanders is out three to four weeks. Zach Ertz is out three to four weeks. Dallas Goddard still on IR. I traded away Miles <laughs> Sanders too. <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey, Marquise Goodwin, and Deshaun Jackson ain't played a game yet this year. Is Nelson Aguilar still on that team? No, no, he's in Vegas at this point. I mean, it's it's kind of. I mean, I, it's really is kind of sad. I feel bad. For, like I actually feel bad for Eagles fans in that sense. I don't know. I have to ask Bud about it. Jalen Hurts is literally going to be playing wide receiver this weekend, probably. What you got? Oh, you about to give a score? Hold on, let me get the note up. I don't know. I don't know where I feel about this beer. Like, I really don't. Like, it's. I've got. To, I'm going to give a score for this. I was, I was sorry. I was over here looking at the Steelers 
uh, schedule. And I just came up with my prediction for how they're going to finish. All right. Well, what oh, you boy. got? What you got on the on the? Beer? Oh, and on the beer. Yeah, let's get the beer out first. And credit to. Oh, it actually is called Flocktober. Okay. Um, credit to Alex for being. No, I'll tell you back. Devin got his pick right too. Credit to Alex and Devin for being the only two that got their picks right this weekend. Oh yeah, you had Green Bay minus one. Also yeah. had the Green Bay over. Neither hit, and then I had the Panthers minus one and a half, and, and they Pittsburgh, might as well just got Pittsburgh, blown out. Pittsburgh covered the uh, minus seven and a half against the Browns. Yeah, yeah, what by it, a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, you could say that. You know, by by twenty four. So, yeah. dude, Devin, look, a lot of people are already talking about Baker needs to just get dropped. They they people are off the Baker train now. People should have been off the Baker train. That man's surrounded by talent. All right. All beer, right. Beer. All right. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready now. Whenever uh, six, like. five. Six, five. It's a good beer. It's just not in my flavor profile. Okay. Do you need one more sip? You good? Six, one. Six, one. That's mine. It's it's middle of the road, and it's not, it's not blowing my socks off. It's almost got like a little bit of a caramel kind of taste to it, like a caramel candy. Like the hard caramel candies? No. Um, no. Nah, I'm not I'm getting not, that. Yeah. Okay. Not just trying to knock you for saying that, but I, I'm just not getting it. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. So, but yeah, either way, I mean, this isn't, this isn't when I'm going to go out of the way. I ain't going to make it a point to get nowhere. <laughs> this might be my first ever seven flat. Just, it, it's right there in a sense of if, here, I'll put it to you this way. It's right there in a sense of if I'm at this brewery and it's cold outside, and I've had about five beers, and I'm probably grabbing like one more just to try another one, kind of thing. This is it. This is it. Like, it's it's October or November, and it's cold, and I'm at the brewery. Like, that's kind of that's kind of the way that it's going to happen. And then if I if none of that scenario adds up, I'm probably not getting it. Like, that's just kind of its last string of hope. So, uh, but yeah, credit uh, credit to Alex and uh, and Devin for making their making the correct picks on this weekend. So. I, I was. It was a little bit of a homer pick, I, but I really, he was right. I really thought Green Bay was going to come out and look good. What was the home run, homer? The you you pick picking pick. the Steelers was a little bit of a homer pick. The Pittsburgh game. You were what do you mean right? homer pick? Like, like close to home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, you know what the sad part is? I have to give him credit where he he gets it. Bubba, before the game started, looked at me and he was like, "I feel like this could be a forty to seven kind of game for Pittsburgh," and I was like. Not a chance, Bubba. This is like an AFC North game. It'll be like 17-13. Y'all, everybody will run the ball the whole that time. don't mean shit. Yeah, in the AFC. obviously. <laughs> obviously. Ben throws. Or well, Was it like an unspoken rule when AFC North teams play each other? They just forget how to pass the ball? I think so. I mean, I that's, 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 that's the way I've been sold to AFC North for the last five years. I think Pittsburgh has shown this year they've done a really good job of spreading the ball between pass and run. The best point guard in the, in the NFL has been Roethlisberger. Yeah, he's, 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 he's passing the rock and just giving other players the opportunity. Yeah, for those that did hear that, yes, I did just say Ben Roethlisberger. He's a team is manager a point, right now. point guard. Uh, my hot take on that is the Steelers are going to go let me, let me count let me, I'm a, let me look back at it again I want you to do this and then I I want us to get either at least me probably you to give a give a breakdown then from there out I want you to give yours and then I want you to read me off the teams and then tell me what we got ahead of us all right cool 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 so uh, you're can- losing every single game except for uh the Giants and the Redskins. No, we'll beat Philly. You probably, depending on where Philly's team is health wise, yeah, you go. <laughs> we'll if, if you get Philly in the next two weeks, guaranteed W. 
We'll beat. We'll beat Philly. <laughs> Y'all oh. haven't played Philly yet, have you? Uh no. Okay. Why is that such a rivalry? Like, why the hell is Dallas, Texas, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a fucking rivalry? Like, shouldn't y'all hate the fucking Texans or something? Yeah, no. Well, no, because they're in the AFC. It doesn't really matter. I know. I know. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, uh, well, my big, my biggest beef. Well, they're both with, in the NFC East. Yeah. I mean, I get that. You're in a division. But Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Baltimore, y'all are all kind of around yeah. each other. Dallas, Texas to Philadelphia or D.C. But it's because we never play the tech. Like, in New York Giants. I say I mean, all our teams we play are out of the north northeast. Yeah. Yeah, you somehow got, you know, Houston and Indy in the AFC South, and you guys are there in the NFC East. Well, no, that's kind of well, that's just like in the AFC East. Like you have every team out of the Northeast except for Miami. Uh yeah, true. Like you have Buffalo, Jets, Patriots, and then Miami. NFC East. You have uh Giants, Washington, Philly. Texas, Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Just yeah. throw a team out. Like, y'all should hate the Cardinals. You should hate uh, the should. Denver Broncos. Absolutely. The New Orleans Saints. Like, something close to a yeah, regional yeah. rivalry. All right. But, yeah. Philly is blowing us up. What do we got here? It really doesn't. But we hate them. The only thing that the Giants, Jets, and Cowboys agree on is hating the Eagles. Their fans, not the greatest people. Yeah. Illy, I'll give you credit. Everyone I- in America. Like Blitz thinks like the, the Eagles fans suck. Blitz fan base is probably the his choice of teams suck across all sports. He's got he's, he's got, got the Eagles. Phil, he's got Philly in football. He's got Boston in baseball. He's a Bruins fan in hockey. And I don't know who he I don't know if he has a team in basketball. He's probably a Celtics fan. I uh, yeah, I could believe that. That like I think Philly fans really are kind of arrogant. They they are just kind of like they're they're so dramatic about their team and thinking that they're gonna win the freaking championship every year basically. Yeah, this is our year. It's our year. Yeah, and then when next year's our year though. And then every game they're so hard on their team. They're like fuck you. Like Miles Sanders runs for sixty five yards and a touchdown. Trade him. The next week he goes for like one hundred twenty five. He's the MVP. Like what? I mean that like every Phillies fan I've ever met is it's not it's a hundred of bus, baby. Hundred of bus. They're they're dirty, they always want to fight, and they just it is what it is. There was a there was a fight in the Philly game last week. That doesn't surprise me. He said that was the most I think I saw it on Barstool. That was like the most normal twenty twenty thing that's happened so far. Was that there was a brawl at the Philly game last week. Yeah. That's no that's the most normal thing. Um Steelers are gonna go fourteen and two. Fourteen and two. Holy balls. So you're not who you lose? I right, so who do you have your two losses to? One, we're gonna split the series with the Ravens. We're gonna go one and one with them. I can see that. And I'm leaving in there the potential loss to Tennessee. Okay, but yeah. I do really think we can pull this one out. I mean, if we just stop Derrick Henry, there's nothing really else there. AJ Brown's going off. No, he won't. And then after that, if we if we beat Tennessee, I truly believe us only dropping one one game rest to of the season to Baltimore. And then I'm leaving a second game in there just to cover my ass because I feel like you're going to get eventually just tired and you're just going to lose one. All right, so so give me this give me the schedule from now until the end of the season. All right, so we're going to Tennessee this upcoming weekend. Then we go to Baltimore. Okay, that's a loss. Then we go to Dallas. That's a loss yeah. <laughs> for Dallas. Yeah. And we have Cincinnati at home. That's a win. Go to Jacksonville. That's a win. 
Then we have Baltimore at home. We'll say that's a win. Washington at home. That's a win. Go to Buffalo. That one there could go. Okay, yeah. That that's, that could go. That's, in, that's an iffy game that's, there. That's iffy so game. that's what I'm saying. Like if we beat Tennessee, I think the second loss will be Buffalo. It's one of those where I'm, I'm trying to figure out which one. I doubt we lose to Tennessee and Buffalo. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Then we go to Cincinnati. Well, he just may have won you your uh, that's a win. fantasy. Did he run it in? Nah, he just threw like a 75 yard bomb to Christian Kirk. Ah, but okay. he looked, so then we go to Cincinnati. I lied, 80 yards. Yeah. Then we have the Colts come to us. Okay, that, and then that we, could be interesting. And then we finish too. the season at Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel good. I don't know. Nick Chubb's going to be back healthy. We'll see where where the we're not losing are, more than four games. I can promise you that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Actually, I would say 12 and four at the worst. Probably 13 and three is the most realistic because I I kind of agree with you in the sense where you probably don't lose both the Tennessee and Buffalo game, but I could see one where you slip up there. Colts are four and two. Nobody is talking about the Colts. Yeah, but they're four and two. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Philip Rivers sucks. If you had a better quarterback, I mean, you know, if but you that's the thing, Philip Rivers is good for a few interceptions. Steelers defense is good for some interceptions. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I mean, nobody's talking about it, but yeah, I'm with you. I think 12 and four at worst, thir- or at worst, and then 13 and three is probably realistic. You, Hopeful probably for realistic. 14 and two. 14 and two is not out of it. I mean, you can definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, I do. You agree. threw that out, then I was like, oh no way. But I rained on that schedule, and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah I can that's see so it. A little more minute. But yeah, that that did like this year. Dallas is like outside of the NFC East and playing NFC teams. Our AFC matchup is the AFC North. That sucks. So we have Baltimore, Cincinnati, Browns, and Steelers. You'll lose to Cincinnati. <laughs> Joe Burrow might go so for the Colts. The Colts have shows. got the Colts have got Detroit, Baltimore, Tennessee, Green Bay, Tennessee again, Houston, Vegas, Houston, and then Pittsburgh and Jacksonville left on their schedule. And I thought like there's a few of those games in there that are just kind of like like washes right there, just kind of figure out, you know, even matchups. But I do see Pittsburgh having a hell of a year this year. Devin Bush going down the tour in ACL is going to hurt, though. That is his, really his speed hurt. off the perimeter to help cover those little dump downs is going to be I would that's going to be felt. I wouldn't be surprised if y'all make a trade for a significantly older veteran linebacker, though. Somebody that can yeah. lead a defense like that. I would not be surprised at all because y'all have got to be buying in on this year. Ben ain't Ben ain't got another year probably. I think Ben's That's, got one more. No, I think if you wanted this, if you want a a uh, Super Bowl, this is the year to go and make it happen. You got the defense to make it happen. And so the only thing is like there's there's the been no chatter about that though from him or it's just rumor the, mill stuff. But the the offense is there to make it happen. This if you want it, I think this is the year to make it happen. <clears throat> yeah, Adam, the guy in front. I think I think if. I mean, no, no doubt. If this really happens, I think anybody can agree with it. Pittsburgh wins the Super Bowl. Ben will most likely retire on that stage. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he'll most likely just be yeah. like, "I'm out." He's going to he's going to pull the John Elway. I'm leaving them. I'm getting off this mountain while I'm at the very peak of it. Yeah, I'm out, boys. Yeah, it's been real. God dang it, Adam! It's got to go to it's got to go to D Hop. D Hop's got to have basically like two more catches for twenty yards, and it's over. It's hundred bucks. Um, and it's only halftime. Twenty-one to nothing. Oh, my God. All right, this is the conversation that we had last week. Would you rather just see them lose every game and get a higher draft pick or whether you, you know, do you really want to try and make the playoffs? I mean, I think us winning the division is still a valid option. Now, you might, we might win. It is. Have you looked at how bad their division is? Yeah, I know. It's just, it's garbage bags all across the place. (laughs) Yeah, but I say you could win that division this year at eight and eight. You could win that division this year at six and ten. Yeah, you could have a losing record and win this division. Literally, 
You Seattle could, did it what a few years ago, five years ago, something like that. They had a all right, they had a seven and nine team, not six and ten. Yep, oh, that's only one difference. I know, but it, look, <laughs> it looks really bad when you got double digits in the loss category. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, that mean. jump from nine to ten hurts a little bit more. Yeah, like, it just doesn't look good on paper. No. But yeah, I don't. I mean, you really could. I, uh, you can. You could win this division. Like, if you went eight and eight, you would win this division. If you, who went, do you, who do you think the uh, last undefeated team standing? We got ten. What is it? Ten, it's Tennessee, Tennessee Pittsburgh. So Tennessee and Pittsburgh. One of them's getting knocked off this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, you know, Seattle. in the in NFC, Seattle. yeah, that's all you got is Seattle. Mm. Seattle. Mm. It could be Pittsburgh. Who's get Seattle got this week upcoming weekend? Anybody know? Not wide off hand. You got. They've got it. um the Cardinals. They go two Cardinals. Mm. They're winning that. So. Seattle. Wait, no Cardinals. Uh, yeah, they go two Cardinals, and then they have the 49ers at home. Oh, that's going to get interesting. Okay. So Pittsburgh's got who after Tennessee? They go to Ravens. Oh <laughs> damn! <laughs> uh, no undefeated teams after Week Eight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can I get my money on that? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, you know, listen, if Tennessee wins, then it's probably going to be Tennessee because I think I think San Francisco is probably the first game that Seattle loses, mostly because of the style of play that, that San Francisco brings to the plate where they want to run the football and control the game. And that's not how C- Seattle is like, get out there and let's throw it deep, baby. Let's move, score points. I mean, they're they're in that kind of that running, I mean, running gun style offense right now. And then Pittsburgh, Tennessee, what a matchup. Then you got Baltimore at Baltimore for Pittsburgh. And it, it's just the firepower of Baltimore right now. I think I think Baltimore just has the ability to outscore Pittsburgh is the fact of the matter. But I get that. I mean, that's hell of a Andy Dalton eleven for fifteen for sixty two. Jesus Christ. Cowboys are gonna win the NFC East they are. with a seven nine record. I there's no way they get to seven. No way they get to seven. They've they've got two right now. So I feel uh, listen, Illy, I'm sorry. I know this is breaking your heart. They got two right now. They play the Washington football team at Washington. We'll give them three. They play Eagles at Eagles. We'll give them four. Lose to Pittsburgh. Lose to Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota has not looked great. It don't matter. They'll drop 50 on y'all. Um, we'll say Washington football team at they've home. They've got I'll the Bengals them. in there. At Bengals, though. Tough yeah, game, tough game for the, Dallas. They've also got the Eagles and Giants to finish out the season. Yeah. So two. They got five. More. Yeah. Seven and nine. Seven I'm nine. Seven and nine. If you just win your division, like if you literally just beat teams in your division, you can go seven and nine. That's what I'm saying. Like you have to we, go undefeated in the NFC East, I, yeah. which I think is possible. Because like I think you lose one to Washington. I actually really do believe you lose one to Washington. I just no. And if the Eagles are healthy, in, you know, in December 27th, you got a chance to lose one to the, the Eagles. Yeah. Man, what a I mean, what a drop off for y'all though. Like holy crap! But we, I mean, yeah, you know, don't get me wrong. You've had some bad luck, some injuries, and our yeah, entire line's different this year. We, you know, we're missing three of our starting linemen. We're you actually degraded at coaching? I think. I think you actually de- de- got, like got worse in your coaching staff by getting chasing <laughs> games, bringing on Mike McCarthy. Like, can you like, believe you had a whole city who was willing to buy him out, and you're like, that's our guy. Can you believe that? Like y'all, y'all wanted to get rid of Jason Garrett so bad, and then they brought in Mike McCarthy, and you're like, "Wait, what do we just do?" I would rather have kept Jason Garrett. Is there an option for Jerry Jones to be the coach? If he could, he would. I, I, I think, I think if he could, he would, and I actually think the players would literally just ignore him and go do everything on their own. 
like Dak would just be in the huddle drawing up backyard football plays, and it would be better than what <laughs> drawing, it on, just, drawing it on the football. Yeah, yeah. All right, come here, center. I'm just gonna draw this on your belly. All right, you, you're here, you're here, all set. All right, you're off the line. You're on the line of scrimmage. All right, there, there we go. go. <laughs> hey, everybody, bring their playbooks out here. <laughs> Turn to page forty-five. Third <laughs> oh. slide. Oh, <laughs> Jerry Jones be like, that is not what I called. It, oh, Jerry, I'm sorry. We got mixed up on our signals for the thirty seventh time in the second quarter. <laughs> <coughs> oh man. Oh, all right. Well, all right. I do have a bacon thing for the day. I so say, yeah, I'm going. I'm going down this list of just interesting bacon ways to use bacon. We have the clams casino. All right. The who? Clams casino. This is this is the name of the dish. Right. Clams Casino. Yep. It is a mix of butter, lemon juice, and minced garlic parsley drizzled over little neck clams on the half shell, then topped with crumbled bacon and breadcrumbs. I'd be all over that. Yeah. I guess clams are just kind of similar to oysters, right? I don't know. I've never really eaten clams. Have you eaten clams? I think I have. Hey, our expert in the Northeast, what are clams like? I mean, at, at a certain point, all muscles are kind of like all muscles. They're just you get to a certain point, in my opinion, they're all just kind of the same thing. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, if if clams have that same flavor profile as like an oyster, I don't mind oysters, so yeah, I'd probably eat it. But if it's more like a, if it was more like I guess like a scallop, hundred percent all of it. It's, like, it's no, not. No doubt it. I don't think that. All right, so Illy's saying they don't. They're they're yummy and they're not the same flavor as oysters. But I don't think they're really like scallops, Illy, are they? When you say not like no, they're not, not at all. Not at no, all. Like yeah, scallops. she said no. No, no, no. No. So are they like less salty? Is that what you're saying? Are they like less boogery mucusy than oysters? I've had you, claims before and I just I'm drawing a blank. Do you here. like oysters? She said Chris? yes. Um I've wait, had wait, a wait, I've wait, had wait. a yes to what the Yes that they are less, less mucusy, slimy than oysters. Okay. So yeah, I'm definitely down with that. Then yeah, they're gonna be like more, they're more, they're, they're more muscles in that point. That all that residual juice and stuff really isn't there. I got you. Then, yeah, I, I, I'm about it. Yeah, I'll I mean eat it. lemon, garlic, parmesan, and parsley on something that's broiled with bacon and Blake breadcrumbs on top. Yeah, I'm down with that. Uh, Adam, to answer your question, I've had oyster. I've had two sets of oysters that I really liked. We had some charbroiled oysters in Pensacola one time that I thought was really really good, and then at Tavern and Table on Shim Creek in Charleston. Uh, we had some oysters. Did that you are not? Like their appetizer oysters that are really good. Did you not eat the oysters that they did at their tailgate last year? We did the smoked oysters. Were you there for that? I game? don't know. I know I had some. They were fantastic. Those were great. They did them at Uncle uh, Uncle Scott's tailgate. Yeah. I don't know. Who was that? Kim that did them? Uh, no, it was actually Todd and Steve. They bought the they bought them, and that trailer smoker was actually Todd's. Okay. Interesting. I don't know. I don't remember that. But yeah, because they, you know that how they that back grill that's on like the backside of all the campers. They did them on that mm-hmm. and let them smoke. Real good. I'm down. I mean, I don't know. I kind of. I don't. I don't believe that I had them, but I might have. But either way, I'm. I'm down. I mean, I try them. I'm not against trying oysters. I think it's just the right flavor combination that needs to go with. Like, I can't just have a regular steamed oyster with some hot sauce on it be satisfied. I was saying, so you like, that just doesn't work for me. So the oyster on the it's got to have flavor. Yeah, it's got to have flavor for him. It's got to have some kind of seasoning on it. I've had finally had a raw oyster. Was not upset with it at all. Um, what about an oh? What about an oyster shot? Would you ever do an oyster shot? See, I feel like that would get me. 
<laughs> well, no, I said that, but I've had a raw oyster, and you can't really chew that. You just have to take like a shot. You know what I'm saying? They are difficult to get down. I think the texture on that is what would get me. Well, it's on not the, even, it, the wasn't even, it wasn't even the texture of the oyster. It's that no, I'm saying the texture of like an oyster being like in with a shot, like in that that much more liquid than normal and stuff well, yeah, like that. Because it's like they put it in a it's like a little it's like a little bit of vodka and like cocktail sauce. And like mm. maybe I think a splash of hot sauce. I don't, I don't know. know. I might be able to do it. I have to see how it's made. I'm sure if I got like a decent one, I could we do were it. At, we were out with like Ashley and Brett and like that those group of people last year at some point. We went to Pearls upstairs. And then before we left, we went down, walked down the stairs and went to the ball at Pearls and took an oyster shot. I was like, yeah, I'll take one, thinking, you know, it'd be kind of like a pickle shot. Yeah. Not quite, not at all what I was thinking. And it was. It was it was difficult to get down. Let me I'll put it again that way. It was not. Did you embarrass yourself? No, okay. but it was. I I wouldn't take it again. Okay, that's that's enough. Yeah, I mean I had it. Say I had it, and I was good with it. I think I could try it. And depending on like, you know, if they're like pouring some cheap ass shitty vodka, some real cheap cocktails. You know what I'm saying? Like it's got to have. I might have to be a little bougie with it. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. So well, would you would you have to be drunk to take it or would you take it sober? As like, like I think I would have to rather be sober. You'd rather be sober that. To take Yeah, it? so I can control my body a little bit more. Instead of, instead of you know, you being out on a day of drinking, you're like, hey, let's do it all you Hell yeah, let's line it up. It yeah. don't matter. Illy said she can't do alcohol and food together in like a, like a drink combination or shot combination, I guess. Illy, you couldn't do a pickle shot with a pickle in it? I mean, that's really is. That's also one shot that it is very dependent on who makes it and how they make it. I say because well, yeah. that can go really rough or be really good if you like pickles. I say yeah, it's nothing but pickle juice with a little bit of vodka, and then you take a bite of pickle afterwards. Yeah, we I have mean, a, it's good. We, we had some a, at Moosehead a while back, like years ago. That was like you know the vodka, the pickle juice, pepper on it. Yeah, and then actually put the pickle like little slice in it. I said that wouldn't be bad yeah. either. Mm. But yeah, we just had like a little we we did them like in the mountains and we had like a kosher pickle. You know, yeah. we actually have a vodka company based yeah. in Charleston that makes pickle like exclusively pickle vodka. I saw a liquor today that is the spicy pickle liquor. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Pickle vodka has got a little bit of a kick to it. So I can mm. only imagine it was their way of making pickle fireball. Adam's about to cry over there, so something's happened in the Dallas. It's either, it's either Dallas or just the thought of that spicy pickle vodka. Now, something happened with Dallas. It's Dallas, yeah. Is it another, another fumble? She said both. She said, <laughs> said both. Wide off CD's hands at the end zone. Oh, that sucks. Good thing. No, Gallup. I'm sorry, Gallup. Oh, well, Gallup sucks. So, um, a thousand yard receiver last year. What you mean? Yeah. Yeah. He ain't going to get anywhere close to that this year with CD Lamb. He's just been replaced by talent. Uh, which I don't think CD Lamb or Mark Cooper have a catch in the game yet. Last I saw, so uh, I'm uh, always got one. CD has deal. Jesus Christ! Um, and it's halftime. Uh, 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 Michael Gallup uh, uh. leads them with like two or three. <laughs> leads the receiving core tonight. That's that's not what you want if you're the Dallas Cowboys. Just a heads up. <laughs> uh, did I ever tell you about the bone marrow shot I got to take in in Denver, Colorado? No. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So this is really cool. So in in Denver, it's like a trendy thing to take shots that sounds out of, like a hippie, out of a out of city. a cow bone with marrow in it. Like 
So you have like, like you this. Just cut w- the bone open. You say, all right, pour some vodka in there. Have a shot. Yeah. So they'll cut the bone in half and they'll leave you like, like that much marrow. And if you're like, if you're uh, obviously not watching us at home, it's like a, it's like a Tootsie Roll style, st- like size of marrow. And, uh, and you pour whatever alcohol you want into the top of the bone and it like goes down the bone, you know, like the, yeah. the slit. And, uh, so is it more like a like a, a bone luge? Yeah, it is. It's like a bone luge. Or a bone, yeah. a bone bong. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, and uh, and it comes down the bone and pushes the marrow into your mouth, and then obviously you take the chew like had to chew a little bit and then swallow the whole shot. Ooh, so absolutely. I was just kind of like, well, what? Did you I'll, take one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it was, was kind of cool. I took. Was, I ended up taking three. Was it but, any good? Yeah, it was good because I was kind of like I, at first I was like, well, what alcohol should I take with this? And they're like, well, what kind of alcohol do you like? And I was like, bourbon. And I was like, is that like okay? And they were like, yeah, people, plenty of people do it with bourbon. I'm like, all right, cool. So I took it. And I was like, yeah, that was pretty solid. And uh, and they were like, would you like another? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, what do you want to do it with? And I'm like, bourbon. And they're like, okay. So I did another one, bourbon. <laughs> bourbon. So and was that, uh, did you do all three with bourbon? No. So the third one, I was like, all right, I probably should diversify myself. So I did it with a spice rum. I was gonna say a and, whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and so I, it definitely was better with bourbon, but definitely, definitely a cool thing. And and they like do like you can legitimately get them at Denver Broncos games. Like that's the that's where I was at was at the Broncos Stadium for a conference. And you can like you can actually so order can, that at the, the Broncos games. I'm hammered fourteen Bud Lights deep and be like, give me the bone marrow shot. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, it's such a such a cool experience that I I kind of wish we did over here. Like I, I actually wish we like did that here in South Carolina somewhere. So if you're a bartender somewhere in South Carolina and you want to elevate your, I'm bar, sure y'all heard it and whoever's listening has heard it too. I I feel like some most people have had to have heard of this. Y'all have heard of the sour toe cocktail, right? In the Yukon up in Canada. No, what is that served? It's a drink that is served with an actual human toe in it. Ooh, whoa, wait a minute, like hold a up, toe. So. Let me figure out what the story behind it is. It's an actual human toe that has been dehydrated and preserved in salt, and it's used to garnish the drink of your choice. Nope. The first toe is said to have belonged to a miner and rum runner who had his frostbitten toe amputated in the 20s, um, preserved in a jar of alcohol in his cabin for memories roughly 50 years later. Basically, someone found the jar containing the toe while cleaning the cabin, brought the toe down to the saloon, and started plunking it into the drinks of those who were brave enough. For, so that's how the sour toe cocktail was formed. Wait, is it like, oh, don't, here you go, here's the toe, drink it around the toe, all right, give me the toe back? Yes. Yeah. That's weird. That's yeah. weird. That's really weird. I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not, listen, yeah, I'm man. not doing that. Listen, man. I'm not doing it. You put the right amount of cash in front of me, I'll do it, but. Okay. But. Yeah. How, mu- how much to take the sour toe shot? How much? It's All right, so it's just a shot. I don't have to drink a whole drink. It's, no, it's just, just a one shot. literal shot. I think you can do a cocktail if you wanted to, but usually they just do shots. Hundred bucks. Oh, right, so, okay. I was about to say. Oh yeah, mine's kind of low too. Yeah. Honestly, somebody's like, "I'll cover your tab for the night." Like, deal. okay. Yeah. Because well, he could drink more than hundred bucks. <laughs> I mean, hell, I, honestly, I think I would think about somebody put down a little a fifty in front of me. Put down a little Ulysses S. Say. Grant in front of me. I'd be like, oh, I'm no, it's gotta it. be Canadian money. Gotta be Canadian money. Yeah. <laughs> you in Canada? Fifty <laughs> moose moose toes or whatever they are. <laughs> Whatever moose their toes. currency is, uh, beaver tails, moose toes, whatever the hell it is, maple syrups, yeah, <laughs> fifty maple syrups. I don't know. It's uh, uh it's twenty maple seeds yeah. and two bottles of lock cabin. Yeah, help me. That's Lord. exactly what it is. 
There's also another shot I might have looked up that I saw. It's kind of famous up in Alaska. It's called the duck fart shot. Okay, this ought to be good. This ought to be good. Let me get the actual ingredients. But this, I remember. Hey, I want to make what, sure I remember it correctly. This is what they start taking when there's 22 hours worth of sunlight just to try and get to go to sleep. Just a little duck fart shots. That's the key. The story behind it is pretty funny, too. Hopefully, it's got it on this website. I hope it's, I hope it's duck farting. So, it's a layered shot. Bottom layer is Kahlua. Middle layer is Bailey's Irish cream, and then on top is whiskey. Yeah, yeah, I'll pay for that. Wait, what's the what's the difference between the Kahlua and the Bailey's? Bailey's? Kahlua is that Kahlua's coffee a, liquor that's Kahlua's like actual a, black. It's Kahlua is like like dark, like a rum chata. Yeah, yeah, and Bailey's is an is Irish that cream. cream. It's the actual cream. So that's what it looks like. It's the like dark. Okay, never mind. That's chata, yeah, like no, I had, no, I had I had rum chata on. I'm like they're pretty much the same thing. Kahlua and rum chata are basically the same thing. Yeah. No, rum uh, chata is cream too. It's yeah. milky. Rum chata is a cream. A cream. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, I'm like rum chata and Bailey's are the like. I was thinking what? Let me rephrase that. I was thinking Kahlua. Was See, that's what the Kahlua looks like on the bottom. Yeah, there. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. It is a coffee. Yeah. Um, coffee liqueur. So that's like just the Irish flag. Well. No, there's no green. I mean, yeah, the, the dark, coffee. A dark uh, so like color. A, yeah. Yeah. White and orange. I mean, I take that all day. It was apparently uh, created in Alaska. It's a saloon up there, like slow night. And this old lady in the bartender was just creating shots. And the old Kahlua, lady there was just like, duck fart. And that's how the name stuck. Kahlua. Fair enough. Bailey's. Bailey's whiskey. Of some sort. Yeah. You Jameson. just layer it. You just layer it. Jameson, some it don't matter. Yeah. I was at San Jose tonight, looked over at the bar. They have Old Crow. I was like, I did not know that bars that weren't Five Points bars actually carried Old Crow. And I do kind of want to have another Decent shot house liquor. So I got, I learned a pretty cool story today. Um, that's a, it's a thing you hear in the military all the time. Like, you hear private snuffy, sailor snuffy, airman snuffy. Just like, if you're talking about just maybe being like a little ass hat shit back whatever just kind of goofing off something you refer to them as whatever snuffy like their last name is snuffy well it's based off this real guy that was in the united states he was in the u.s army air forces in world war ii because the air force hasn't been hadn't been born yet and <clears throat> he was like a real like just shithead of a guy just always getting in trouble never getting along with anybody so they they called him snuffy smith because his last name was actually smith and there was a comic strip out at that time, supposedly, like where the person named Snuffy was like a real asshole. So they just called him Snuffy Smith. Excuse me. So he um became a the ball gunner on the bottom of like the bombers that we had. Yeah. And the army just essentially just like sent this dude off the war just to get him away. They were just like, okay, just go, dude. Just go. You well, act, you acting sus. Yeah. <laughs> he was um, they were in doing a bombing raid. They're Planes started to come under fire by German fighters. Lost them in a cloud bank. Well, while in the cloud bank, navigational error happened, and they thought they were flying back to Britain. They actually started flying towards more like German forces. Well, they started, and they descended real quickly because they thought they were back to Britain, so they wanted to get back down to lower altitude. Started taking anti-gun, like the AA gunfire. German fighters just getting lit up. So the plane's getting hit up, starts catching on fire, Pilots are wounded. Three dudes parachute out because they think the plane's going down. Well, Snuffy's little <laughs> ball okay. turret stops working, so he gets out, and he goes from fighting the fires to patching up the pilots 
back to fighting the fires, manning the other machine guns, back to the pilots. Like he's just bouncing between all three. The fire is actually so hot that the fuselage is starting to like get holes in it. And he starts throwing the excess ammunition out the holes because it was actually exploding and causing more damage. Oh my God. Yeah. So he's doing that. He runs out of the fire extinguishers, finally exhausts him. It literally says in the story, like actual documented story, he started to piss on the fire to put them out. <laughs> like homeboys, like doing everything to keep this plane up, patching the pilots up, getting helping them get down to the ground, saved six lives by his efforts of keeping the plane, like, you know, flying. On landing, the plane literally like splits in half. That's how damaged it is. Jesus. So they, they survived. The three guys that bailed out were never seen again, but they credit him with saving the six guys and getting that plane back to friendly airspace. So he wins the Medal of Honor. When you look at his awards, he's got the award for joining during wartime. The award for air medal, so he just flew a certain amount of hours in the airplane. Two King Pan medals, which means he went to war in two different spots. And then the Medal of Honor. That's how much of a shitbag he was. Like He's literally only got awards for just joining the war, going to war, and then the Medal of Honor. <laughs> During the ceremony for the Medal of Honor, he was late. <laughs> because because he, was on, no, he was on kitchen patrol duty because he's, he was late to a briefing the day before, so they were punishing him, which made him late to his Medal of Honor ceremony. Oh my god! Homeboy did his four years and got out, and he's still regarded as like the biggest shit bag that ever, ever did anything. This is exactly what <laughs> Devin would be like in the military. Just had that one glorious moment, <laughs> but everything else around his career, there was like he was a real shit. This head. is exactly what Devin would be like in the military. And the entire time he'd be like, you know, like men were back in World War II, just trying to hook up with women because they were in the service and, and were going off to war, about to die, blah, 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 blah. When he wasn't actually probably getting orders to go off to service to die. There's also <laughs> another guy I learned about today at work. His name was Captain Mad Jack. Oh, yeah. He was I'm... in the he was in the uh British Army. And on the invasion of Normandy, there's an actual picture of him jumping off the landing craft with a long sword. And just charging <laughs> Nazis with a sword on Normandy <laughs> while playing the bagpipes. <laughs> how, how? <laughs> and then he went on to do like crazy things, just like with with like a, the sword and just like all kinds of like storming the bunkers on Normandy and all kinds of stuff. And there's apparently so Nazis. Was the, so was the sword his weapon of choice? <laughs> yeah, he's actually quoted with saying any commanding officer that went into battle without a sword was underdressed. <laughs> So that was like his big thing, and then he um. He's how got many like times a, did this guy die? He's got so like there's a actually there's sabers his. There's actually like apparently like Nazis that are being like accredited with quotes saying that like they remember seeing a guy with a sword on Normandy and stuff like that, and they didn't focus their fire on him because they thought the dude was just mentally ill and he was nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up like doing all kinds of crazy stuff like storming bunkers like that, and like he survived all of World War II while playing the bagpipes and carrying around swords. <laughs> What a guy. Yeah. What a, what a, a guy. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh my gosh. You shared a meme the other day that I was trying to get like some answers behind. It was like the USS something. And uh Oh yeah. Um they like took shot at what was it? Like was a it, Korean bunker. What was the or battleship? I forget what the name of the battleship. It wasn't the Missouri. Hold on, look, keep talking. I'm gonna go back and find that. It might have been the Oklahoma or something. But anyway, so basically like Alex was telling Alex in the me was telling the story of like a battleship that which is like doing a random patrol and like somebody shot like Hold one. On, I think I've got it right here. Okay. 
Yeah, so the USS Wisconsin is what it was. It was let me see what war it actually was. It was like in the fifties, so it had to be like That's the Korean War. That's what I was in thinking. The 50s. Yeah, it was it was the Korean War. So it was in the Korean War, the uh the USS Wisconsin, you know, the um what kind of class battleship was it? The Nimitz. The big ass. An Iowa class battleship. That's right. Iowa class battleship. Um Nimitz class destroyers. <laughs> yeah. That is right, actually. So the um it was the it was nineteen fifty two when the ship the ship first received its ever like first direct hit from an enemy installment. So there was no deaths, three sailors were injured, minimal damage to the ship. Came from a Korean hundred fifty five millimeter gun battery on the uh on shore and it says here that they just got lucky with the shot hit the the actual you know wisconsin directly in the side on the, one of its um, guns main guns well the uss wisconsin however turned fire with all of her nine guns like <laughs> hey. simultaneously just boop, 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 totally obliterating anything in the area <laughs> and then after the shots were fired a ship that was in the convoy <laughs> sent over a code with um with like a signal lamps yeah in the words all the words were in the code was Temper, temper. <laughs> <laughs> and it was and it was a meme. The meme told this story, and then it was a picture of Thomas the train, like enraged with all red, and it was like, You dare oppose me, mere mortal? And it was like that was the Wisconsin just obliterating Korea was just like, Oh, you want to you want to poke the bear? Uh, you you thought you yeah. could get away with it. <laughs> Let me be clear. That is the definition of overkill. Yeah. Nah, not bad. <laughs> It probably had at least one gun down if it got hit in the side, so it didn't fire all the guns. <laughs> no, they said it took minimal damage, like because the arm the armament on a battleship is unreal. Oh yeah, I, I don't know if y'all ever been on one, but I went down to the one in um, Pensacola. Yeah, what is it? No, it's over there in actually uh, Mobile Bay, in Alabama. Yeah, is isn't it? I think the, it's the Missouri. No, the Missouri's in uh, or is it the Oklahoma? It's one of those two. The Missouri's in Pearl Harbor, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but anyways, those the, the, the armament on those ships is unreal. But the fact that the Wisconsin like was like, oh okay, and just like turned all of its guns to that battery. Because it has because I guess if you if you take it broadside, you have like two two main batteries at the front, and then another set of three at the back. Yes, as your as your main armament plus whatever side. Well, it's got, the have, battleships have the two main stack turrets on the front. Each one of those has three barrels that are 16 inches in diameter. And then you have the back three. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Right. And then you also have a bunch of mini, like smaller ones on the side, but those are like, they wouldn't have done that for a shore bombardment. They wouldn't have fired those. That's what I'm saying. But you, you, you get that same, you get the nine main battery guns (laughs) to fire. Yeah. But then you could also, if you felt like it, all right, I'm going to throw a 40 millimeter out there at you just, just just cause I can't. I'm just imagining my ass sitting on that other ship watching that that battleship. Entire broadside. broadside. Yeah. Just blow up. (laughs) You're like, just like, yeah, my message to them would have been temper, temper. There's been like a little bit of an overkill there, man. Was that really necessary? Oh, let me grab the second beer out. I would say, let's jump into that and then. (laughs) Oh, I'm crying. That's so damn. I could just imagine it. But all right, so none of y'all have ever been to the the North Carolina the battleship. And no, okay, all right. I got to show y'all a photo of this thing because I swear to God, when you go to this, it looks like they just. So it is the it's the USS Alabama. I could have. I remember when I went. It was too. I could have sworn it wasn't the Alabama because I was like, that's weird. They have a different state's battleship in Alabama. But I could have just been an idiot and just not know it was actual Alabama. Didn't we have a, a South Carolina battleship? 
Is it, yeah, is well, it there like, was one. Is it like sunk or something? It it was commissioned like before World War II, and then like decommissioned, kind of like yeah. After. I don't think it even made it all the way through uh, World War II. All right, what's the second beer, Chris? Tell the it people is, about it. It is the Nota Brewing Company. Really called Gorgeous, and it is a punk nail. All right, let's pop that thing, son. Crack right. that thing open. Let's get into okay, it. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the USS South Carolina. It was not the battleship you would have wanted to go into war. It was launched in 1908. Yeah, that's so it a, was a it, that would and it was decommissioned in the 20s because the, the newer battleships were just so much more advanced. Yeah. So it's all, I guess, World War action in World War One. Yeah. It was headed that direction. It was actually its own class. It was the South Carolina class battleships. Okay, Chris. What uh, was that? A good. That's a holiday season beer, boy. Oh, that is some is cinnamon, some nutmeg, the pumpkin some, spice, some pumpkin. Yeah. Oh my there. goodness, ladies, you would love this. Holy crap! There goes Amari Cooper for like thirty-five. Uh, oh, way to go, Amari Cooper! I just, I mean, I just, I can't get that image out of my head of just seeing that freaking ship turn broadside and blow up. All I the couldn't. Shore. Um, like, could you imagine like the probably three-man crew that's oh, i'm in this <laughs> bunker <laughs> yeah and you're like you have the one guy aiming the one guy loading and then like the captain who told him to fire and you happen to hit it next thing you know you see nine guns pointed you're like hey nice knowing you fellas i couldn't it imagine was... like being on the bridge though when it, we took the hit you and know, then the, the captain looks at the fire controlman and is like hey uh all turrets turn you know zero to six degrees uh, full bombardment on my mark. That, that fire controlman just being like, what? really? <laughs> We're gonna waste nine yeah. rounds. On yeah, <laughs> on that little jeep over there. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? He hit me with a fifty cal, man. Shot at me with a. He shot at me with a pistol, basically. Yeah. <laughs> he grazed the window of the uh the bridge. He's like. All of it. All of it. <laughs> what? All of it. This you see that island? Of- yeah, make it go away. So what I was... What I was sink that shoreline. <laughs> sink the shoreline. So what I was laughing about is like the USS North Carolina's... Um, like, it, it's in North Carolina in Wilmington, but it's... <laughs> oh, but hold on. Before you get to that, this smells like a fresh pumpkin pie, though. Yeah, bro. Gets, I mean... It smells like a fresh pumpkin pie. What did you think about it? I, we didn't really get any reaction out of you, when you? I think it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Is Cali home? Yeah, I just text her see if yeah, she wanted to try. She something. needs to come try that. So what I was laughing about when I was a kid is, uh, like, I went to go see the North Carolina battleship in at like probably thirteen or something. And like, I, I have you know, when you're that age, you're, you don't drive. You have like no relevance of of how to get there and like what it is something. But I yeah. remember, like, I just distinctly remember walking up and I'm like, man, they really just like came back from war and parked this bitch in the marsh. And it really is like I'm showing you the Google image of it. It is literally just like parked up in the marsh. I think they almost like dug that out to park it there. Yeah, keep it out of the yeah. main current, like and keep it away from like a weight, like major weight breaks. <laughs> and uh, but it's a really cool battleship. Same thing that Adams, you know, was talking about three, you know, the three on the front and one on the back. But, yeah. Um. I mean, it's it is a really cool battleship. But it literally, I was just like. This motherfucker is just parked in the marsh. <laughs> like they just drove. They came back from war. They're like, all right, we're done. Just leave yeah. it here. <laughs> They'll figure out what to do with it later. Yeah, they like you said. They probably dredged it out and created its own little yeah it's, alcove. It's just, really actually like in the town of Wilmington, like up the waters way into Wilmington. But 
dude, it's mind-boggling going on the battleship and like looking at the the below the main turrets. It's very it's a it's a cylinder room that goes like down through multiple decks, and that's where all the elevators are. Where they the call it the, they, the rounds, the actual shells are, and they keep they call them the marshmallows. It's the gunpowder that's in the, bags. The powder lounge, yeah. Yeah, and so like you would say, you know, like you need three or four or five powder bags depending on the, the shot and the distance and stuff like that. But like the engineering, when you go in there, just like the mechanical engineering and the design yeah, of all I guess, that, I, guess I was like, like for like this a, to be you know done almost what eighty years ago now, I guess what possibly it ninety because you know it was kind of built before, kind of like the early of World War Two. Yeah, it was like. I mean, it yeah, just blew you, my mind that this stuff was get, created. Uh, everything, yeah, all of this was getting built in the twenties. Yeah, it's just it's mind boggling that all that stuff was happening. But yeah, the I guess that you kind of like a dumb waiter system. Is yeah, it's just, it's but like. when you're like to me, it was just the feat of that engineering just blew my no, mind. Even the feat of making a, a ship of that like that size and cal, like even uh, what was it, the German Bismarck, and just the sheer oh, yeah. size of it, the Japanese. Uh, was it the Yoka? I think it might have been like y- Yamato, Yamato or something like that. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, because that was like the biggest boat in World War II. Biggest yeah. ship in World it War II. Huge. Like, just the sheer size of both of those battleships. Sunk that bitch, though. We well, did. It only took like seventeen ships, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it went down swinging. But yeah, like the just the sheer size of that, and to think that that got built twenties, thirties, forties. So it was there was two of them, the Yamato and the Not, Musashi or something like yeah. that. But apparently the Musashi is actually the bigger one. Or it became the flagship of the main fleet and it was the yeah. biggest one. But yeah, the fact like if you just the thing like the sheer size of that and you were like, you know what? We can make this bit float. Not only that, but it can reach out and touch you at like three miles. Yeah. <laughs> like it's ridiculous to think that Somebody in the 40s had enough engineering. There was enough design calculations in the 30s and 40s to say, yeah, we can make this happen. And here in 2020, we can't even expand an interstate that in 10 years in South Carolina. So during the main major battle, that, a little that bit sank. different engineering there, Chris. So what <laughs> happened was um, it lacked sufficient aerial protection in the battles, like nothing, nothing to fire up in the air and, it, you know, in excess to ward off, you know, dive bombers and stuff like that. Um. It caught fire through the battle, began to lose propeller power. U.S. warplanes zoomed in, finished the job. But apparently in that battle, it sustained some 25 direct torpedo hits. The Mushashi or whatever? Yeah. That shit there shows their, their engineering capabilities. Good Lord. It took 25 direct torpedo hits over the four hours, and it's still, that's not really what brought it down. It helped, but that it was like... So, that's that's mind boggling to me. So like what what kept it afloat then? Was it just like closing compartmentalized? Clo- yeah, yeah, closing compartments, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And that's then, what you, I was and then it the uh, I guess the buoyancy of it they actually yeah made it work. And that's the cool thing about most modern naval ships is um all the rooms should be are designed to be airtight. Like you can lock, lock down all these hatches, the doors, stuff like that. So if something does catch on fire, you're able to just shut it off. And eventually, it should choke itself out. Yeah, that's crazy. Except for that one uh, carrier that just caught fire up in Virginia like four months ago. That thing was bad. I know that was San Diego. We had an aircraft carrier catch fire. Yeah, just sitting on the side of the shore. Oh, good stuff, guys. So, I uh, so what do you, <laughs> what do y'all think? It burned for like five days. Oh, it fucked up. What do you, what do you, what do I? was wasted. Well, getting off of the old. Boat talk. Yeah. What, yeah. What, do, what do y'all think of the beer? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we meant. To get I know. 
Um, I mean, I, I really like it. Like I said, really strong cinnamon clove to me. Um, you know, Adam, Adam talks about pumpkin pie, six, four, four, uh, I don't speak English, 6.4% alcohol by volume. It's a nice 16 fluid ounce can. What's the story on the side of it? Hand that to me or you read it. You talking about th- this one right here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No promotional ads for Adam. Just a little ad. Just reads on the cans. Open up a can of autumn with this delicious pumpkin ale made with real pumpkin puree and every batch paired with brown sugar, ginger root, and hand cracked spices, including allspice, cloves, cardamom, gorgeous. Call her mom. Is that what I just heard? Cardamom. C A R D A M O M. I couldn't. What's up? I know what you said. Gorgeous contains no cinnamon or nutmeg. All right. <laughs> I got the allspice right, though. Because it's different than other pumpkin ales, and that's a beautiful thing. It is. It is. Don't get me wrong. It's delicious. You want to get a little closer to that screen? Good Lord. I was just, I didn't want to click on that picture. I just want to see what it said. Oh, man. It really does say no cinnamon or nutmeg. So, I mean, it's real. I mean, it's real pumpkin puree then. I mean, that, you know, like, I kind of want to be like, you know, the Frank's Red Hot commercial where they're like, I'll put that shit on everything. Like, they put real shit in this thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, bro, they, it's solid. They, gl- they, they squished up a pumpkin and threw that thing in. <laughs> Listen, I love beautiful ladies, and I get, you know, the whole trendy thing when it comes fall time to get the pumpkin spice lattes and the pumpkin spice beers and the yada, yada, yada. I am not a pumpkin guy. I'm not a pumpkin pie guy. I'm not a, you know, I, I like carving a pumpkin, you know, and making a nice design and it probably drawing a Captain America shield in there. But I'm, I am in no way, shape or form, you know, a pumpkin like flavored guy. I don't eat pumpkin pies and stuff like that. This is something that I would actually like in a, a nice cold night in the fall. Enjoy. In, enjoy. Yeah. It's it's really light too. I mean, when you get some of these pumpkin style beers in, in the seasonal, they're kind of heavier beers. They're browns. They're you know stuff like that. Now, a nice smooth pumpkin ale, and you know what? I mean, you get, it speaks to itself. Noda's a, a really top name brewery. Really makes some great stuff, and they did. I tell you, they didn't disappoint with this. Uh, yeah, this is very good. This is a. I'm giving it a seven eight. It's very good. All right. It's not not quite make me go drive up there just because it is. I'm gonna seasonal, go seven three. But it is. I do like it though. I feel like there's a little bit more citrus in it than I'm getting on the front end. That might just be the ginger or something. That's probably yeah, that ginger root. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's not actually gorgeous. It's gordigious. Gourd. 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 A yeah. pumpkin's a gourd. Yeah. That's yeah. why it's called gorgeous. Gordigious. No, not gordigious. Just, just gourd. gourd. Oh. Gordigious. No, no either. Yeah. All right. So Alex went with a 7 3. Is that what I heard? Mm hmm. Adam went with 7 8. 7 8. Oh. Yeah, I was pulling up pictures of the. It's the it was the Bonhomme Richard. That caught on fire for the Navy. That was a wild week for those boys up there. I'm going to go with an eight flat. 
Like I, I, I feel kind of weird for doing two flat numbers tonight, but I mean, it's it's right there in the um, a quality of beer for me that I think it. Well, like I said, whether it's something that like I'm into because I'm really not a pumpkin guy, and I don't think you're really a pumpkin guy either, are you? I'm actually growing into it now a little bit, but. I'm I'm not a pumpkin guy, but I know like there's plenty of people that are pumpkin, you know, they want pumpkin everything in October. And if you want pumpkin everything, you're yeah. a pumpkin person, you need to get on this because this is it's a really smooth, good smooth, easy. That pumpkin puree, you can really get all the flavors of. Uh, you know, I thought it like I said, I thought it was cinnamon and nutmeg. You're one of those people that goes out and gets a pumpkin spice latte every day because social media told you to. And now you just don't want to <laughs> quit the fad. Um this beer is really good for you. Yeah, I mean this beer is is solid, solid. So, um, and close to home for us here. So, um, I'm going to take another sip of it. But yeah, eight fl- eight flat for me on the rating. So, eight flat. That's a good. That's a good score. I like that. All right, what's uh the next topic we're going to roll into here? Do we want to talk college football? We haven't talked that yet. Wild weekend in college football. I mean, some upsets. Obviously, the Gamecocks picked up a nice win over Auburn. Um, Florida State somehow beat North Carolina. If you're North Carolina. It looked like they were just going to beat the living shit out of North Carolina. But Mack Brown and the Tar Heels almost brought it back. Almost brought it back. And, I mean, I hate to say it. North Carolina should have never been ranked five. I mean, I I think it's a little early to put them up there. Is Mack recruiting really well? Are they a good team? You know. Did they play Clemson close last year? Sure, but five was a little, little much. Yeah, two years into the Mac Brown reign, or one a year and a half into the Mac Brown reign, you got them at five. I think that's a little, little aggressive there. So um, they fell all the way to fourteen with that loss. Obviously, Florida State, one of the worst teams in the um, in the ACC. ACC, but which is you know tough to say because that's a conference full of of crap most of the time, but. Um, you know, Clemson looked dominant again, dropping 73 on Georgia Tech. I mean, I, I didn't know if they were trying to do the whole, you know, 222 and beat Georgia Tech's record. But, um, you know, they they looked dominant again. Uh, Alabama looked really good against Georgia. That was kind of an interesting game because Georgia was in it early. And if you're a Georgia fan, I think you felt like you really had a good chance. And they really after, changed at halftime. After halftime. I mean, whoo, buddy. Nick Saban did his thing with those half halftime adjustments. Nick Saban now twenty five and zero versus former assistants as head coaches. Yeah, that's a that's a little something. I'm just saying. That's that's that's, that's him saying, "Here, you who, still hold my jock shut." Who's your daddy? <laughs> who is your daddy? So, uh, outside of that, I didn't really see anything else that kind of took me by surprise, in my opinion, but. Um, I'm trying to look back actually, because we didn't. Really... Clemson just did their thing against the little weak ass team they were playing. Yeah, I mean, my Miami no was surprised there. Miami took care of Pitt. Pitt was ranked, of course. They're not ranked anymore. Liberty. This tells you about the ACC a little bit. Liberty beat Syracuse by 17. Liberty now five and zero. Oh. Independent school. What about Coastal being ranked for the first time in school history now? Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, they just beat the first their first ranked opponent. Yeah. So I mean, I give them with credit. a five foot nine center. That is, yeah, that's one thing I did kind of want to address because it it became a trend. Like it wasn't something that I was just talking about. It was something that was trending from a lot of high school coaches. 
Hell, that, recruiters and scouts started to get on the train too. Exactly, and they, I mean they were talk they were legitimately talking about the fact that like that at some point in time, people, skill will outperform size. People have come and talked to them, talked to recruits, and been like, "All right, listen, you're an offensive lineman. Oh yeah, you're you're literally not six foot. Okay, you're gonna see you for see you gone forever." So Coastal Carolina, who's undefeated, won a ball game, now ranked in the top 25. This is their starting offensive line at a FBS D1 college. Their left tackle stands in at 6'3", 275. Not a, not a bad size there. I mean, that's really not terribly a bad size. Is, it, is, he, is he shorter for most tackles? Yeah, they usually want those guys to be 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". Would he be a starting guard on another team? Yeah, certainly. Now, you talk about their left guard – is 6'1", 195. You never see that unless you're a center at that size. Like you said, their center, 5'9", 290. That's our own homemade Adam DeAnthony Carter-Smith. Is that what I called you? I think so. DeAnthony Carter-Smith. So that is our own standing in at a a whopping 5'9". Now, that would probably be putting about 50 pounds or 60 pounds on Adam. So um, 50? Come on now. I ain't that heavy. I'd be putting 190 pounds on me. 190 pounds no, on you? No, 100 to 90 pounds oh, on okay. me. okay. All right. 90 well, to 100 pounds. All right, yeah. Anyways. 50 or 60, Maya. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, somebody mentioned to us this weekend when we were at Still Hands uh, that we should start making tank tops. That would be our next thing to do is make tank tops. I'm about it. I like it, but that's just <laughs> – you're looking after one customer base there. I mean – I'd wear a tank. I'd, at, we, we just need to get a shirt line out in general. Yeah, we do need to get a shirt line out in general. I agree with that. Just get actual swag out there. But as a, as a beer bacon bros kind of vibe, like the vibe that I think we kind of have, I think tank tops would kind of be more of our vibe. I like it. I, I like, like it. it. Uh, anyways, right guard, 6'1", 300, and the right tackle is a whopping 6'2", 280. So all, six, two, two, all undersized guys and the and the offensive line. I mean, a lot of high school offensive line coaches were really on this. I mean, they were like, look at the dominance of this group and look at the size of these groups. Like all of these guys are literally undersized from what college recruiters want out of their offensive linemen. And they're not looking at skill. They're looking at the size of the person's body. And you know what? That's South Carolina, baby. I'm, I'm taking shots at the Gamecocks because that's South Carolina's issue. They bring in all these guys that have played one or two years on the offensive line, played one or two years of football, and because they're 6'5 and 280, think that they can develop them. Well, it's also like right line. now, just playing a senior because he's a senior. No, don't. No, actually play somebody that's actually going to perform in that position. You know what they also did this weekend that I don't think anybody noticed? We, You and I talked about it for a couple of weeks. Uh, turning time, the the four, the three-star or highly rated three-star junior college offensive lineman that, that we brought in this past year that I kept saying – He's, he's got to be on the field. He's got to be on the field. He's got to be on the field. And they wouldn't play him the first three weeks because him and Wanham were both left I said, tackles. I said they finally started. I saw they moved. They moved Wanham. Was at right tackle. They moved Wanham to right tackle and played uh, Turnatine at left tackle. And guess what? It worked. It worked. Holy sh- It worked. So, God, just just something. Hey, I mean, Chris, man, just go ahead and uh, go go out and try for a coordinator position up there. Bro, mm-mm. I don't want none of that. I don't want to know that. All right. So, what do y'all think about the chances of Dabo getting an NFL coaching job Woo! here this year and next year? Hot topic, hot and spicy. It's gaining more traction than just us making it up because they, they're actually starting out now ask him in press conferences about oh, it. Oh yeah. So it's a it's a thing that needs to be addressed. I agree. I agree. And I, I tell you right now, I mean, if you're listen, 
Am I a South Carolina grad? Yes. Am I a South Carolina fan? Yes. Am I also a realistic sports person? Did I not yesterday sitting at watching football with you talk about how I thought the Braves were probably going to end up blowing it just because they had blown it? I'm a realistic sports fan, and I'm telling you right now, Dabo Sweeney will at least hear offers from the Houston Texans. He will, he will at least like, hear like offers. Like they're going to make him an offer? Or, no, yeah. or, or that he'll actually sit down and have a meeting with He him. will sit down, have a meeting, have an interview, eat a donut, drink a cup of coffee. He's going to be in they, someone's office. Yeah. They yeah. he will he will take real offers from the Houston Texans because this is the hottest his his selling point, his buy or his buying point from from a perspective is going to be for him. He's won two national championships in the last 3 years. He's played in three straight national championship games. He's probably going to play in another one this year. And I mean Obviously, you go, you're going to lose your guy. We've gone through this with Deshaun Watson. Like when he initially left, left Deshaun or Deshaun Watson left, people talked about, okay, eh, he he might, you know, he might go because this is his guy, right? Yeah. Well, he he had Trevor Lawrence coming in, you know, and when Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is leaving, and when Trevor Lawrence leaves, there's another five star quarterback coming in. But I I, I really think that Dabo kind of wants something like the NFL. I and I think Dabo is more of an NFL coach than he is a college coach. He's more of that manager, and if and if you know if they're going to give him the Bill O'Brien deal in Houston, where you get to be general manager and head coach, and you get to be the manager of the team and the personnel and the roster and the whole nine yards, he's going to be very successful too. He, I, I'll, I'll fully admit it, he will be extremely successful, and he gets his guy back. You can't under like you cannot underrate that. He gets Deshaun Watson back, and then. And it ain't just four years. It's eight years. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's, it's his guy, and now we're like, all right. Know what we did in college? You know, now let's, let's put we, it together. We can recreate that here. Let's put it together. I mean, it's just – I, I it, you if you are a Clemson fan and you're sitting here going, Dabo's going nowhere, you're out of your mind. You will – Dabo Sweeney, mark the date, set the episode. Dabo Sweeney will not be the head coach of the Clemson Tigers four years down the road. Uh, yeah, I can completely agree with that. He's it, it won't. He will take the next job. You, if he doesn't take Houston, he'll take Atlanta. You know, I, I mean, say you giving him four years? You, I, I, I say I, two. I say two. I don't. Hell, I don't. I mean, you want the truth? I don't think he's at Clemson next year. I think he really does take that. I, I really think he does take that Houston Texas job. He's gotten interest from the Jets before. Now, obviously, the Jets job is going to become available again. And you know, does he want to play with Trevor Lawrence? Because I mean, obviously, the Jets are going to take Trevor Lawrence, but. Are they going to finish last, though? Yes, yes, yes. The Jets will pull the Cleveland Browns and literally not win a game this year. You also got to remember that um, the executive vice president of the Houston Texans, Jack Easterby, graduated from Newberry College and is a South Carolina boy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that, they've, they've always, always been heavy on South Carolina and Clemson players. You know, from DeAndre Hopkins to DJ Swearinger to, J- to Javion Clowney and and Deshaun Watson. I mean, Bruce Ellington. Yeah, yeah, they've, so, I, yeah. They've they've liked what this state has had to had to offer. I think the only reason I I truly believe Dabo could be a successful NFL coach is he's not a coach in the sense of he's not making play decisions. He's a team manager. Yeah, he has an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator that does their job. And he'll come in and you know say, "Hey, we should adjust to this, or we should start doing this more, stuff like that." But he's not the play-by-play he's not, caller. He's not, yeah, he's not going to override his coordinators. No, yeah. 
And I think one thing that's kind of interesting that, I, that and that can fit the GM role. It's also now open to in Houston. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It, you just you can't. You got to look at this job and you got to say this he can is, be an actual is, true GM head coach because it was Bruce Arians, right? No, no it was, it was um, Bill O'Brien. Bill, Bill O'Brien, yeah. Bill O'Brien, I think he just had too much on his plate. He, the GM, head coaching, and then also was trying to call plays. I think Bill O'Brien is actually kind of a sucky coach in general. But, yeah. well, you know, obviously clearly a little a little personal grudge between him and DeAndre Hopkins as well. So that was dumb. Um, I mean, I just you you got you got to look at it. You got to say this is so perfect for Dabo to succeed. He gets to be the the manager and the control of the roster. He gets to be the manager and like, and control of the team. And then, like you said, he gets to bring in coordinators that he wants. How, all right, how about another? I'll give you a, a really like so hot that it's like that blue deep fire take. Auburn, and I told you this this past Gus weekend. On? Auburn's going to fire Gus Miles on. Hate take it. This is the year. It's finally <laughs> happening. Auburn fans, get prepared. You've wanted hey, it. You've wanted Gus, it. Gus might be out. <laughs> yeah, you wanted it. This is the year. So you know what else that does? That makes Chad Morris available as a coach. Would it not be interesting to see him pull Chad Morris to Houston to come back to play with Deshaun or to come back and call plays for Deshaun Watson? Because what what teams are finally starting to do in the NFL, they used to just rule out offensive coordinators in college. They usually just say, all right, listen, you're you're either an offensive coordinator in college or you're an offensive but coordinator. But the NFL was reshaping that offensive landscape to where it is now more of a college S. It's no longer – you're not always under center, I-formation, pro style. They actually are doing some spreads, some shotguns, and stuff like that that is successful in college. So those OCs can actually transfer up now. I would argue that's actually probably 80 to 85% of the Houston Texans' offense is from the shotgun as well. So – Hell, and, I know it is Dallas. Dallas runs out of the shotgun. Well, that's because your offensive line's so terrible. They got to give Dak or Andy Dalton now extra time to try and get better. Well, it, it used not to be that bad. It used to be <laughs> a little bit better. It used to be great, but that 2015 O line was fantastic. Because <laughs> I mean, they used to like pe people stopped hiring. Like in the NFL, they'd always hire NFL coaches instead of hiring college coaches. But the Panthers this year proved with the with the addition of Matt Rule from Baylor and then Joe Brady from LSU. That I mean, that team has turned it around. They're freaking winning games like it, no, it's nobody's business. If you actually get the right guy from college, it'll work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Joe Brady has taken Teddy Bridgewater in that offense and turned him into somebody that's scoring thirty points a game. So, um, I, I that's my that's my hot take. My other hot take was initially that I thought that the Auburn Tigers will hire Will Muschamp away from South Carolina. After. Why would they bring him back though? Why wouldn't you? He just beat you. He's you know he's quote-unquote turn South Carolina's pro people are all of a sudden we went from being 0-2 and, and firing Will Muschamp to now we're 2-2 two and two and people think yeah but we Will's very easily should have been 3-1 and one. yeah yeah hell we got a chance to go 3-2 and two this weekend now that LSU starting quarterback is out yeah very true so in LSU in LSU when was the last time we beat LSU in LSU Probably never. I yeah, say, probably. Has that ever happened? I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Hell, it took us 87 ever. years to finally beat Auburn. Oh, we had played 15 games in 87 yeah, I years. Know. Let's, I let's know. not. It's let's not, not. Like playing them every year. <laughs> yeah, we had one. Let's let's go. I had down. to explain that to a few people that you know we didn't join the SEC until what 70? No, no, no. no. We no it was in the 80s. It was in the 90s. Was it the 90s? I think it was. I knew we were independent there for a while after leaving the ACC. Yep. yep. I think um, it was 91 actually that we joined the SEC. And then you got to remember Auburn being in the SEC West. You don't want to play in them what like once every four or five years, depending. Yeah. You say if. Yeah. If that. Yeah. Well, we used to have six teams, so you played them once every six, every five years. Yeah. So once every five years, and then before that, you know, 
it was a team that wasn't even in your conference, so you had to schedule them out of conference. That's why it was the 15 years, 15 games over 87 years. I think we met them in a couple of bowl games, and that's why we got the the couple of, of times where we played them. That would make sense. Outside of conference. That makes sense. Um, can we talk about Notre Dame's struggle win, though? I meant, to, I meant to mention that when you asked me about other college football things. Notre Dame's 4-0. This is how overrated Notre Dame is. 4-0 beat Duke by two touchdowns. Anybody that watched that game, that was not a two-touchdown game. Yeah, it was not. Duke was in game. that game all, all of it. Yeah. Now, South Florida, ooh, you played South Florida. You beat a 52 nothing. Cool. Florida State, they were initially losing two and then came back to beat Florida State by two touchdowns again, which, again, one of the worst teams in the ACC. And then you get Louisville this weekend, and it's a it's a it's an AL baseball score of twelve to seven. Wow, yeah. If if Notre Dame's always overrated, I'm ready this, to year, this year. They're heavily overrated. They didn't bring anybody. I'm ready to see what the line is in a week or two against Clemson, so that I can tell you to make sure if it's if it's less than two touchdowns, put the bank on it, put the house on it, put the boat on it, put the children's college fund on it. Put the life savings on it. Hey, like, so is that going to be your lock of the week? If yeah, that, if not a question. Lock? Not a question. So if, if that, that thing comes out less than four touchdowns, I'm locking it in. So that That's so how bad Clemson will beat Notre Dame. So if it comes out at 24 and a half like Clemson did against Hammer it. Georgia Tech. Hammer it. Hammer it. Yeah, bet my grandkids' life savings on it. So what's the line on this game? Oh, I've, it's not out yet because it's too. But you're away. saying hammer or what now? It, I'm saying I'm saying right now if if, if it's that 28 and undo, it, I mean it'll be a two touchdown line. That's the best part is because Notre Dame's number four in the country. But that's, <laughs> and they're playing saying. they're playing who again? No, when they Clemson. play Clemson and in two weeks I think it is three weeks actually. Sorry, it's November seventh. So either oh so you're saying hammer Clemson's just going to destroy them? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's in Notre Dame. So Notre Dame gets the three points. I'm telling you, it'll be like a 11 or 12 point line. That's probably what it end up being. 11 or 12 point line because they're going to sell it up. Game day is going to be there. They're going to sell it up. Yep, yep. So it's already set for a 7:30 game. Yeah, they're going to sell it up. So, and I mean Clemson. Uh, yeah, I Clemson's going to destroy them. I bet Clemson's. Time. Oh yeah, Clemson's got Syracuse and Boston College before it, so they got nobody. Nothing to worry but tune up games. Yep, nobody to worry about. They won't even show their full full playbook yet. All right, college football talk, NFL talk, baseball talk. We had some food talk. We had some beer talk. Some Navy talk. Some Navy talk, World War II history talk. Came out of left corner with some Navy talk tonight. Hey, man, those stories were good, though. They were great stories. Yeah, great great stories. stories. Great stories. Um, Although, I think we hit on all the... All the stuff that we like to cover here at Beer Bacon. We usually did. Yeah. yeah. Usually we usually talk about stuff like that. We we, we have, need to get more into the food topic, but we've been getting doing good about that. Yeah. Once we get our camera in, we got the hot dog episode. We hot dog challenge. Hot dog. Got to get it all. Then the sniff out the Milwaukee's best challenge. I got it. It is. Oh, sniff, I got faith in that nose, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I got faith in that nose. We'll and get then, uh, a seltzer taste uh, test ranking, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'm going to give a quick little free shout-out to a friend of mine, Nolan, that I used to work with at PRT. He opened a brewery. Um, I don't know whether it was like officially this weekend they they released everything, but they're opening a brewery in Bluffton called Good Boy Brewing. Oh, like is that it, who followed us on yeah. the Instagram? Yep, Good Boy Brewing. So, super excited about Super excited for him. They got two Congra- they got Congratulations two, to Good Boy Brewing down there in Bluffton. Yep. They, they are, they are going to get us the two beers that they currently have available for us to review. And he's going to call in. We'll do a little Q&A. 
um, awesome, awesome. with him. So it's gonna that'll be super fun. So if we have any frequent listeners that do visit the Bluffton area, let's give them you know give them a shout, see what they're looking like. Yeah, they they haven't like opened a location yet. It's kind of a home brew right now, but but still, they but, you know give them a t- I guess are they canning stuff and everything? They are bottling stuff. Yep, yeah, they are bottling stuff. So yeah, you know, so look them up, figure out how you can maybe get something. Give them a taste. Yep. Look them up on Instagram. If you're not already following us on Instagram, please make sure you are. It's uh, beer underscore bacon underscore bros. And uh, we'll, we'll, we're trying to beef it up a little bit and uh, trying to get some more posts out there. So you'll get our uh, you get our locks of the weekend. I'll probably let them go on Thursday today. If we're not doing an episode on Thursday this week, I'll get them from you all by Thursday and get our locks out. You'll have these two beer scores out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, good episode. I don't got any. I'm. I've got nothing else to say. You guys got anything you want to? No, I'm good. Last alibis. We still got koozies available. If you yeah, want we do have still koozies. have koozies. Yep. Yep. So if you want a koozie, just reach Please, out to your yep. bro or or shoot reach out reach on. out to your to your favorite bro or like Chris was saying on the Instagram, we DM us. We figure it out. We'll yeah. get it to you. We'll mail yeah. it to you. We will actually. We, we do ship mail international it. too. <laughs> well, on special occasions, you you pay for the international shipping. I'll admit that, but we'll we'll ship the other ones to you for free. Yeah, yeah. we'll get you some stuff. Um. But yeah, great episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening. If you're listening later on any of our podcasting platforms, uh, we appreciate you.